This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Just dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site. They're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, once again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. Wayne. And Mark. Uh, once again, 800-259-9231. We're actually going to start out with a special guest tonight. We don't have guests on this show very often. It is a caller-focused program. However, now and then, uh, somebody special uh, comes across our, op- you know, I guess, options that are out there. And Mark, you introduced me to uh, this interviewee tonight. Who is this? That's correct. Uh, This is Tarl Hunt. He goes by Thunt, and he is a – he's the webcomic artist for one of the most popular web comics on the internet. It's called Goblins. I had heard of uh, the Goblins comic I, before. I suspect you've heard of it because I've talked about it on multiple occasions. You're a big fan, huh? I am. I've read everything. Um, I, you know, I found it one day. I consumed it all in like 24 hours. The guy probably spent five years writing all of the things that I read in 24 hours. And I don't know whether that's a compliment or not. <laughs> well, let's bring him on here. Uh, and I think it's actually pronounced Terrell. Uh, Terrell, are you with us? Uh, yeah. Excellent. Glad to have you here on Free Talk Live. Now, our number here tonight is 800-259-9231. Is it all right with you if, you know, interested folks call in and ask you questions? Oh, yeah, that's totally cool. Okay, good, good. But uh, the the reason you're on is twofold, I think. One, you've got a situation where uh, you're looking to, I guess, there's a housing foreclosure going on up there in British Columbia where you live, and you're looking to, uh, well, I guess, purchase that house uh, from the person that owns it. (laughs) We can talk about that in a little bit, but also uh, you apparently at one point tried to come down to the United States for some reason and were stopped by some nasty people uh, calling themselves the Border Patrol. They, yeah, there was a situation. This was uh, last year now. I was uh, uh, invited to be a guest at uh, Kineticon. Uh, Which is a huge con. Out in the USA. And that's yeah, a... well, I imagine I've never been there. So. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, I've heard I've heard you know great things and they were like the people I was talking to involved with them where they were they were fantastic and then uh, uh, we we got down there um, we got to we were crossing over to the USA it was late at night so the actual border but like at, in in Canada was closed down so what they do is they fly you over to um, Minneapolis I think it was um, and uh, you basically you go through the border there. Um, and then, uh, or like they, they act as the border at that point, and then um, you know, presumably they let you through, and then then we were going to continue on from there. Hang on, I'm a little but, uh, I'm a little confused get, on that process. So you're crossing, you were attempting to cross where, and they flew you to Minneapolis. It was it was when Minneapolis, right, Danielle? Yeah, yeah. We were basically what would normally happen in norm, normal circumstances is we're in Canada, we're about to board the plane that's going to go into the U.S. Um, and we go through the, you know, the, the border check there in the airport in Canada. But when it's late at night, I guess, they close, they close that down. They put you on the plane anyways, fly you across the border into the U.S. Um, in Minneapolis. You get off the plane, and at that point, once you're off the plane, we're on U.S. soil, but they're not going to let us out of the airport until they basically clear us to enter the U.S.A., even though we're already in the U.S.A., Got it. Uh, so, okay, so you were flying, yeah, you weren't we, driving. We, I'm sorry, I missed that. I missed that point. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I should have mentioned. Yeah, we're we're in an airport and then boarded a plane. Uh, so we got off the plane, um, and uh, we 
I like I didn't want to lie. I didn't you know I didn't want to mess around with the border guard. So I I wrote down everything on my little declaration card, and I have this much merchandise. And I'm going to be selling it at the convention and. <clears throat> And, you know, just basically let everything out. And I figured whatever they're going to charge me uh, for taxes is, is fine. I just want them to know everything. Because I'd hate to, to lie and, and get caught and be in big trouble. Hmm. So they, he looked at my card, looked at all the, you know, I'm bringing books across and merchandise for my comic. And uh, at that point, he, uh, you know, pulled me aside. And he pulled my um, my girlfriend, Danielle, aside, too, and, and you know, asking us all these questions. And... Uh, uh, at that point, he he asked, "Well, who's going to be who's going to be selling the books over there?" And, and we said, "Well, we are. They're giving us a booth, and and we're selling the books." And he said, "Well, you're stealing jobs from Americans." Well, no, first he said, "Where's your work visa?" And we were like, "Work visa? We don't we don't need a work visa, do we?" And he said, "Yeah, you do. You're stealing jobs from Americans because you're actually you're selling stuff um, over there. You're coming <laughs> over to the USA to to sell things." And and so I was. You know, I I didn't want to argue with this guy. This guy was really pretty serious. So he, uh, uh, yeah. So he was he was saying you, you can't you can't come across. We're going to kick you out, you, and you have to fly back to Canada at your own expense. Wow. And we're sort of like like not you know inwardly flipping out. We're we're staying calm and cool because you know I've seen cops people who you know who start yelling at at the officers. It never goes well. So I'm just sort of keeping cool, and um, <clears throat> I was asking him some questions and one of the questions was well what if we what if i didn't sell anything like like what if because he was saying if you had someone over there um at the convention a, a u.s citizen to sell these things then this would be no problem but you can't handle money and i was like but it's it's the same merchandise it's the same convention and he said Ludicrous. you can't handle money you can't do this and so i said oh that's fine like there'll be people at the convention who, who gladly do this like if once i explained this to them and he said it's too late now you've already told me this <laughs> So, so I said, okay, right. well, I'll tell so you what. You can't I, even be informed I'll, of what the rules are so that you can follow them because you had some other plan. I mean, you, I, I, you know, how hard would this be? You're a popular artist. There, there are lots of fans. I'm sure some of them would be happy to sit down and, uh, and handle your money for you, especially for a small, uh, you know, little stipend or something like that. And then their rules would be satisfied. But no, no, you've mentioned that you, di- that you thought something contrary to their, their rules, even though you didn't know their rules. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, it's hard, it's hard to find out the rules. Like, right. get on the phone and try to, try to find out this stuff. You'll, you'll have a really hard time doing right. it. Right. I mean, Mark, um, you're presuming that the rules actually exist and that this guy wasn't just making crap up. I, I mean, mean, because the government bureaucrats can just say whatever it is they want to, and they're never held accountable for it. So, I mean, had you asked at that point in time, it wouldn't have done anything. But had you asked to see the rules, this guy would have got all blustery and, uh, you know, might have put you in a cage uh, for that. So they, they don't have to show you anything. Anything, and they can just say whatever they want and get away with it. It's actually it's funny you mentioned the cage because the like um, my next thought like when when uh, when I his attitude was no you're negotiating like when I said how about I um, I don't I don't I don't handle any money I I give you my word I won't sell anything I will hand it to the American citizens at the convention the convention will sell it and he he started to get upset he said you're negotiating you can't negotiate your way out of this once you told me your intention that's it there's no there's no arguing your way out of this i've made my decision so he's doing his his paperwork and things and i said okay that's fine and then i said to him I, you know what i'll just 
ditch all my merchandise. I'll throw it in the garbage right now because I'm supposed to be there doing panels and things. And yeah, you know this will cost me money. But right, I your have fans to want to see you. I mean, for you that that makes that's a, it's a crazy thing to do, but it makes sense because this is a big event. You've never been before. Your fans are going to be expecting to see you. You were willing to do whatever it took to get there. That, yeah, well, I mean, yeah, they they had been advertising that I'm going to be there, and, right. you know, so people were going there because I was going to be there and things. Oh man! And I felt, you know, I felt crappy that that they did that. <clears throat> but so uh, when I when I started to throw the merchandise out, uh, he got upset, and that's when he started saying, "You could go to prison for this. You're trying to cross over into the USA, and you're you're trying to work without a work visa." You and he basically was telling me in a very professional manner, "Shut up, because you're you might go to prison today." Like. Um, wow. is what he said to, to both Danielle and I. And at that point, Danielle and I, we both shut up. Like, we were being polite, but we were asking a lot of questions. Sure. At this point, I wasn't, I'm not interested in what my rights are. I'm not interested in arguing. I just, I just don't want to go to jail, you know. So I'm, you know, yeah, okay, I'll shut up. And so he's doing the paperwork, splits us up, puts us into two different interrogation rooms, which looked surprisingly like the kind of interrogation rooms you, you see in TV. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like police, police, situations sure whenever you see it in real life they always say well it's not like the movies real life is terrell can you hold that thought for just hold that thought for just a moment you can stick with us for a little bit right sure yeah all right we're going to come back with more with terrell hunt he is the uh, the artist behind the goblins comic goblinscomic.com is where you can go to see his work it's free goblinscomic.com we're going to come back with more of his story about the border patrol situation we'll talk about uh, what's going on with his house uh 800-259-9231 that's the number for you maybe you've got a question for terrell he's here with us uh 800-259-9231 this is free talk live This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Carnation Breakfast Essentials, helping your family get off to a nutritious start every day. Mornings can be chaotic, but a little advance work will take the pressure off. The night before, organize backpacks and put them at the door, along with anything else that your kids need for the day. Set a timer for five minutes before departure to give everyone a chance to mobilize, and off you go. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can bring up anything, but right now, if you've got a question for Terrell Hunt uh, from the Goblins comic, now would be a good time to get on the lines. We will uh, get to your thoughts here in a little bit. 800-259-9231. Joining you this evening, by the way, it is Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website, where you can get archives, go way back, all the way to late 2006. All of it is free. You don't have to log in. You don't have to jump through hoops. It's just free at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of accounts receivable, SACL CAI can handle that for you. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. Their employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. You can see their banners, the top one at freetalklive.com, SACL CAI. Terrell Hunt is with us from goblinscomic.com, one of the most popular uh, online comics out there. Some people have said it's the most popular. It, it certainly sits at number one at topwebcomics.com on a pretty regular basis. So, Terrell, are you still with us? Yeah, I'm still here. 
All right. So we've been talking about uh, – I'd like to touch on your business model as well because I'm, I'm sure it's somewhat similar to what we do here where we give away the product up front and then kind of uh, monetize it in, in other ways. Uh, but we're talking about an experience you had that actually, unfortunately, isn't uncommon. Uh, there's – I remember – I don't remember what his name was, but there was another author from Canada that also attempted to cross the border. And this was probably three or four years ago now. It's a little fuzzy. But anyway, this other guy attempted to cross the border. I think he was going to a sci-fi convention of some sort. And uh, this, a very similar encounter happened where they basically said, yeah, you can't come here. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're going to kill our economy or something absurd uh, like that. And, and you, were, you were told that uh, as you were going to a, what I presume is a comics convention, what was the convention called again? Uh, Kineticon. Kineticon. Is that a comics convention? Yeah, it's yeah. a big one. So it's you're a going sci-fi fantasy gaming convention, yeah. Gotcha. So the the whole gamut. You're going to this huge convention. Uh, they're expecting you to be there. They've advertised that you're going to be one of the you know premier uh, attractions, if you will, this uh, this convention. And then you're stopped at the border checkpoint. Essentially, this is in an airport where the customs office was it customs or border patrol? It was, um, you know, I guess I. It was a guy in an outfit. Like a, in, in a, a man with a gun. That's all. That's all that matters. Uh, a badge. Yeah, um, and an officious attitude as well. So he tells you that, uh, yeah, buddy, you're not coming through because you're taking American jobs, and you tried to do whatever you could to get out of this situation and, and get through and, and come to the so-called, you know, United States. When you even offered to get rid of all the products, you brought some books and some things like that to uh, to sell at this convention, which you know it's a smart thing to do. Your fans are going to want you to autograph things and buy things from you, and uh, and you even offered to throw everything away. Look, look, man, just let me in, and uh, I'll just toss everything, and then you don't have to worry about me selling anything. And that's that still didn't work. He then threatened to put you in a cage. He said, "Yeah, he he used the p word. He said you could go to prison for this." Mm. Um, but the thing is. Uh, I'll mention what happened. Like he, he brought us into into separate interrogation rooms, um, and, and one officer was uh, interrogating me, and, and another one was interrogating Danielle, my girlfriend. And um, the thing the thing that really that, that freaked us both out was like he we were we were being talked to as though as though we had been caught trying to like smuggle heroin across the border or something. Mm-hmm. And um, he he was explaining to me that okay, we've got Danielle in the other room. We're going to ask her the same questions we're going to ask you, and if those questions don't match, and he said it again, you could go to prison. You could both go to prison today. And I was, you know, we had no intention of lying, but I'm thinking, what if, like, you know, she gets my mother's maiden name wrong or something? Like, what if, like, you know, like I say we lived at our previous address for three years, and it was actually four, you know, and Danielle says four. So, I'm, you know, I was pretty freaked out. And then on top of that, I'm really really upset about the fact that I'm not going to get to go to the, you know, the convention that I'm, I'm supposed to. I'm trying to figure out how much trouble am I going to be in. Um, so I'm answering these questions. We were both interrogated, I would imagine, for about an hour or so. Um, <clears throat> but I think the, like, I think, I, I, want, I want to point out that everybody involved here, like um, the customs officers, were, um, they were very professional. Like, nobody insulted us. Nobody pushed us around or did, or did anything, like, inhumane. Um, they were they were following the law, but I think the problem like with following the letter of the law to that extent um, is the more people that the law or the rule applies to, um, 
I think the more you have to sort of look at each individual situation, like if there's a, a rule for three people, that rule is going to be designed for those three people and it's going to fit really, really well. If there's a rule for three billion people, then there's going to be a lot of people. I mean, the laws of eventuality dictate there's going to be people that aren't going to fit into this, into this rule, into this law. And I think what you need is you need someone who's going to be able to say, okay, you know what, this, this law that we have that says you can't come into the USA and start selling stuff, it applies nine times out of ten, and it actually fits, and you are, you are actually stealing jobs from Americans, which is something I don't want to do. But it's not like somebody else is out there selling my books, right. and if I go over there, you know, I'm kicking some American, I'm going to sell my books now, your family's going to go hungry. It's you know? the most absurd um, assertion that I've ever heard, because if you'd known about this... And like you said, it's impossible to know what their laws are. It's impossible to even begin the process of attempting to discern what they are. And even if you could find their laws, it's almost impossible to actually understand them, to comprehend them, because they're written in legalese, and that's, that's not even really English. So uh, even if you could figure out, even if you knew this in advance, you could have simply boxed all your stuff up, put it in, uh, you know, go mm-hmm. give it to UPS or FedEx or whoever it is that ships out of uh, Canada, ship it down, DHL, uh, ship it down to the convention hotel and have it delivered there for you. Nobody would have batted an eye at that and then just gone through and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm here for you know business meeting. And they probably would have let right, you through. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm, I'm selling Canadian-made materials at a convention, which is... The whole event is designed to bring creators of you know art and materials um, from other places over to this. You know, you're supposed to go to this convention, look at all this this different stuff from different people from different areas. That's the whole point of it. Um, and so, right, and I'd, I'd imagine law, it's an international convention in that people are coming in from all over the place, not just uh, the United States, uh, not just the, the vendors or whoever, but also just the the attendees are likely an international crowd at a convention that's that's large enough. And wouldn't it do more damage to the American economy if you don't go when the promoter promised that you'd be there? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, I mean, like, and like, like I was saying, I think this this law applies most of the time. But, I mean, you have to, if you have a law that, that's designed to apply to millions or billions of people, you have to have the ability to use your brain and look at each individual case. And sometimes it's not going to apply. You can't have a law that applies perfectly to millions and millions of people and fits every person, you know, mm-hmm. unless it's something really extreme like don't murder, you know. But, um uh, well, it doesn't actually. Yeah, like, murder yeah. includes the uh, the terminology uh, "lawful killing." So, um, when it comes to you know, <laughs> police are allowed to kill you if they want, and uh, you know they they tend to get away with it. If you'll uh, just take a look at the uh, the slaying and um, on the the Bart, it's uh, some kind of uh, underground train in San Francisco. Uh, guy's handcuffed. Cop cop pulls out his gun, shoots him right in the back, and uh, right on video and. He got uh, he got one year manslaughter for that. So I think it was eleven months. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it, it's remarkable. But when the officials do it, it's it's their thing. Now I really want to talk about uh, your marathon that you have going on and uh, your business model because I think that this is to some extent revolutionary. All right, we'll come back with that here. Uh, Terrell is going is willing to stick with us up through the entire hour here. So plenty of time. Also, if you want to get your question in for him, he's here eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Terrell Hunt from the Goblins Comic at goblinscomic.com. There's more coming up. This is Free Talk Live. 
Liberty Maniacs is the largest online Liberty brand, featuring the most comprehensive selection of original posters, stickers, apparel, embroidered hats, and over 100 different products from around the world. From hilarious satire to hard-hitting artistic commentary, Liberty Maniacs is devoted to outfitting the Liberty movement with intelligent, eye-catching, and fashionable gear that expresses your personal dedication to Liberty. Best of all, Liberty Maniacs offers a no-hassle, money-back guarantee on all products. LibertyManiacs.com. Wear something worth saying. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free and take control of these airwaves here. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. Joining you this evening, it is Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. We're going to get right back to our special guest here, uh, Terrell Hunt from Goblins. You can go to goblinscomic.com to take a look at it. In fact, go way back. I mean, like all the way back to the beginning of the Goblins comic, which is basically what you did, Mark, when you found the comic. You just voraciously devoured the entire website. Yeah, it's 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 a you know really it's a beautifully drawn kind of cute uh, comic where you know he does a Thunt does a really great job uh, you know creating these cute characters, and then of course he's got uh, you know the female characters of Big Rex, and uh, you know everything somebody wants to see, somebody like a D and D nerd from back in the eighties wants to see, and it's uh, you know it all these references to Dungeon and dragons goblins are kind of this first level monster that uh, you know first level characters you know get some experience points by killing mm-hmm. and this is done from their eyes and i really enjoy it by the way uh if you are there's plenty of D geeks in the the liberty movement that's for sure and a lot of them have made the move up here as part of the free state project uh, as we did uh, back in uh, what late 2006 there are all, more people coming the free state project has reached over 11,000 participants at this point we want to reach 20,000 though so if you love freedom and you're willing to do something about it then go to freestateproject.org and learn more about it get signed up and then join us up here in new hampshire that's freestateproject.org as we go back to terrell hunt from goblins at goblinscomic.com uh, terrell are you still with us here. All right, good to have you back. Uh, we've we've already talked, I think, in quite a bit of detail about you being stopped at the the border. Basically, you're flying down from Canada, attempting to go to a convention, uh, this huge convention. They stopped you and said, "You're going to steal Americans' jobs if you come here and sell some books," which, of course, is absolutely absurd. Uh, thankfully, they haven't figured out. I guess that I recently bought something from Amazon.ca, the Canadian Amazon website, when I could have bought something from the Amazon.com. So, therefore, I guess I was stealing a job from the Amazon.com warehouse worker and instead giving it to the Amazon.ca warehouse. It's just absolutely absurd, the idea that uh, people, human beings, on this plot of land can't do business with somebody on another plot of land. Uh, it's just it's, – it's completely arbitrary. If you had encountered a different border bureaucrat, it likely would have gone much smoother. This guy clearly had a stick up his butt for uh, for some reason, and I'm glad that uh, you didn't get thrown in a cage. But ultimately, you were interrogated for an uh, over an hour in one of their interrogation rooms, as was your girlfriend, I believe. And thankfully, they didn't do anything to you after that. They 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 forced you to go back to Canada. Though is that correct? Yeah, they did. We were uh, like we just. Remained as polite as we could, co- as cooperative as we could, um, and you know, just basically going with the flow. I didn't want to like wave my hands around and start yelling or anything. I knew it's not like if I yelled at them, they're going to say, "Oh, you know what? You raised your voice really loud. Okay, go on through." Yeah. Um, but, uh, <laughs> when uh, was this, this, by the way? Like you said it was a few years back. 
Pardon me? Was this a few years back? When was this that this happened? Uh, this was last year. Last year. Okay. So um, you haven't – has the yeah. convention ha- happened again? Are they going to try to have you back? Uh, no, the, the, the next the, – the, this year's convention, I, it just happened, I think. Okay. Um, and actually, the, I haven't gone back, and the reason why I haven't gone back is because uh, they, they kicked us out. We actually – we were escorted onto a plane leaving for Canada. Um, we were not allowed to have our passports back. Um, the, the, the flight attendant was instructed, give us our passports back when we land on Canadian soil. Um, and not, and not before then, like not in the air. Cause I guess we could turn the plane around. <laughs> I don't know. But, uh, so we were escorted, um, uh, by the officer onto the plane. We were, um, land back in Canada, given our passports. And, but before we were kicked out, the officer explained to us that we're now on a list. And we're not allowed back into the USA for any circumstance. It doesn't matter if, like, we want to go in for a funeral or whatever. We can't go into the USA unless we have work visas. Like oh, wow. And, wow. And, yeah, because we've, been, because we've been kicked out for this. And, you know, it, it normally, like I, like I said at the beginning, they, uh, normally we would have been turned away before we could get on the plane that leaves Canada. Mm-hmm. But because that area, that checkpoint was closed down for the night, we had to go to the American one. Um, Incredible. It, we would have just been turned around, and you know, right? We wouldn't have never got on the plane. So it became a, a much bigger, more stressful experience because of that. And um, the, the frustrating thing is, is I, we got in so much trouble because I was completely honest. Because I declared yep. absolutely everything. If I like, I saw they were waving everybody through. You know, they, the people with you know backpacks and bags, and they, they could have had anything in there. They were just. What's your purpose here? Okay, for for whatever reason, go on through. And I'm sure they would have done the same thing to Danielle and I. Um, horrible. But because when you looked at my card that said I have this many books and this many T-shirts and I'm gonna I'm gonna sell them, that's when he stopped me and pulled me aside. So basically, what what all, like for all his bravado, all his like legislative aggression, all of that, what that taught me was I'd better lie. Or I'm going to get in trouble. Now I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm I'm going to lie, you know, at the border. But that that's the direction it pushes me in. It pushes me Absolutely. in that direction. Someone yeah, who doesn't like lying. What's that going to do for someone who already has an animosity toward official figures? You know, they're going to they're going to absolutely lie. You know, it absolutely incentivizes that kind of behavior. And, and, you know, this story I found one of the most compelling ones on your blog at uh, GoblinComics.com because, you know, it, it really it, – I guess it's – You said uh, that wrong. It's Goblin's Comic. Did I say it wrong? Com. Goblin's Comic.com. Excuse me. Um, Goblin Comics is what I said. You should uh, yeah. buy that one too, Thunt. Anyway, go ahead, Mark. Well, you, can, you can just – just Google the word goblins. It, it comes up. First thing that comes up. Perfect. So, Tara, I'm sorry. I was going to ask you what happened with that convention. You probably had to call them and say you can't make it. What happened as a result of you not being there? Uh, they were they were very understanding. They were they were really surprised. Everybody like I. First thing I did when we, when we got back, um, I you know we, we went back into the house. I sat down at the computer. Um, and I went online and told everybody, I'm really sorry, I'm not going to be there. And, and I wrote out this, this long blog post and then, you know, went and got eight hours of sleep because we, you know, we had just flown to the U.S. and back. Mm-hmm. Um, we were exhausted. But, um, and I, I talked to the, the convention and explained to them as well that we're not going to be there. And they were really understanding, really surprised, but no one was, was mad at us. And in fact, um, like the whole, uh, the, the whole process cost Danielle and I a little over $2,000. Jesus. Um, uh, because you know we have to fly back at our own expense and everything. There's no refunds for the tickets or right. anything like that. Um, and, and you know there's things like like hotel rooms and stuff. And uh, what was it? it? Was train tickets on the way back that we couldn't get refunded for and things. Mm. 
Um, but uh, uh, so this, it cost us a little over 2000 And what happened was the fans of the comic started donating to us to make up for this. And we actually, we, we, made, we made a little over five grand. They, they gave us a little over five grand um, after everybody had, had finished doing it. And like we've joked, that it's the most profitable convention we've never done. <laughs> um, you know, and this is what I want to talk but, about. Though. This is the whole purpose of the interview for me is to talk about your amazing fans. Now, um, I, you know, basically, you're gonna, I'm going to let you fill in the holes here. But essentially, you've got a problem with your living conditions. You've brought that. You, you were just going to deal with it on your own. Your girlfriend, Danielle, uh, soon to be wife, your fiance, Danielle, uh, you know, brought decided i think it was uh, was her that uh, said it would be a good idea that you if you bring it to the fans let them decide and some amazing things have happened tell us about the marathon well we um uh <laughs> we 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 we're renting this this house that the um the the owner wants to sell and it's it's this beautiful house it's tucked away in the woods um and uh you know for, since I, I work from home it's 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 a it's a really quiet great place to work in um, and uh, she wanted to to sell the house sooner. Like the plan was, we rent for a year or two, uh, save up a down payment, and, you know, and, and basically apply for a mortgage. All the things you're supposed to do when you're first time buying a house, um, and then we buy the house. Um, she needed to sell the house faster than she, we she we had originally planned, and um, so there was some talk about like, well, why don't we like why don't we do do a, a donation a donation comic, um, and then. Uh, raise money that way. And then I, 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 I just, I wasn't comfortable. I didn't want to, you know, I don't like turning to the fans, you know, every time I need money, it, it sounds, um, and even like just explaining it to you now, I'm thinking, geez, this sounds so grabby. But, um, it doesn't uh, you know, to me. And I, I want to talk about this freemium model, essentially, um, when, when we get back. It is, uh, it's revolutionary. It's brand new with the Internet, and you're on the cutting edge of it. More with Terrell Hunt in a moment here from GoblinsComic.com. There's more coming up, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. You already know that you can support Free Talk Live and the Civil Disobedience Evolution Fund by starting your Amazon or Newegg shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. But did you know that you can also spend bitcoins at Amazon or Newegg? That's right. Start your Amazon or Newegg shopping at spendbitcoins.com, and you can buy just about anything with bitcoins. So if you're using fiat currency, start all your shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. But when you want to spend bitcoins, start all your bitcoin shopping at spendbitcoins.com. That's spendbitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. You may bring up what you want, but if you've got a question for Terrell Hunt from Goblins, the comic, goblinscomic.com, is where you can go to see it and see as many as you'd like. Because like we do, he gives away his product for free on his website and then figures out other ways uh, to turn it into a a business uh, enterprise. 800-259-9231. If you've got a question for him, he's with us at least through uh, the end of this particular hour. And you can also, of course, join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where you can go and uh, you know get interactive in various different ways. But if you want to support Free Talk Live, uh, one of the ways that you can do that is by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. The way that works is you send in three bucks a month via any major credit card through PayPal or use Visa or MasterCard right on our site. We take that three bucks in and reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and experience, uh, bring 
new people to the ideas of freedom. So once again, go to amp.freetalklive.com and you'll get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only forum and podcast and more. Amp.freetalklive.com. Terrell Hunt, uh, back with us here from goblinscomic.com. Now, Mark, you were talking about Terrell's uh, freemium business model, and you were beginning to get into that there before I had to go to break. Well, uh, Terrell, you know, I want to talk about the uh, freemium business model, but I think the most important thing that's going on right now is his um, is his marathon. Um, you know, you're you're drawing comics on a webcam for what eighteen hours a day, uh, Thunt? Uh, yeah, the, the basically the the marathon right now that I'm doing is. Uh, um, I'm allowing myself six hours of night of sleep, uh, of sleep, and so I'm I'm a, a little loopy right now. This is day three, I think, um, and uh, yeah, so I'm drawing straight for for 18 hours. So you're kind of you know my my experience of you reading your blog and talk and you know, hearing you talk on your webcam and stuff like that is that you're an extraordinarily intelligent and humble guy, and that it bothers you that you're kind of working for your listeners directly. But I think what I think is great about this is comics previously. And he's I, got I, viewers, not listeners. Well, he's got viewers. Uh, what he read the readers of the <laughs> comics. I'm sorry. Whatever. <laughs> Excuse me. So um, he you know I, I I worked at a comic book store back in the 80s. You couldn't publish a comic at one point in u.s history without it going through marvel and dc so there was no access for essentially artists to deal with their consumers directly uh, throughout human history only the very rich could have artists uh, you know that they could could be patrons of the art but now the average person you bring uh, among other web comics out there but yours is an extraordinarily popular one you bring this down to the consumer level well, the um, it's it's yeah it's, it's it's very different. The whole system is, is different. I mean, before the internet, uh, the, there was a, a very basic like uh, setup for business. Is you want I have a product, um, whether it's art or it's something useful, or whether it's I have a product. You have money. You're not going to get my product until you first give me the money that I say you have to, and then I give you the product. This has just been the fundamental basis of business, but. Um, and you were mentioning the 80s. If I had, had you know, said in the 80s, hey, I want to make, make uh, comics and just give them out to thousands and thousands of people and then say whenever and whatever you want to pay, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like they would have laughed at me. Um, but Not only that, but it would have been technologically uh, an impossibility because it would have been it would have required a huge investment on your part in printing them uh, in order to give out to mm-hmm. people in the first place. Whereas now the cost of distribution is next to zero thanks to the internet. Yeah, and um, that's that's exactly true. And the um, it's it's been the, like the, the fans have, have proven that like if I'm you, you give it away for free, um, you can you have the option of then buying the books. Uh, which are you know you can read for free anyways. I mean the books have bonus material; they have extra things in them. But the basic story you can you can read for free. You never have to give me a penny. Um, and in return, people are are like there's just an overwhelming sense of, of human decency, and it just it's, it transcends the basic business model and yes. says that like you've been giving this away for free um, and. Like I like right now, the goal for my my donation drive that I'm doing is is thirty thousand dollars, which is something that I absolutely did did not want to set a goal that high. But um, the the idea was uh, the, the donation drive is forty days long. We're trying to get thirty thousand dollars in forty days. We're on day three, 
and uh, we're over $20,000. Oh, right man. Now. So this is, um, <laughs> this is what I'm talking about, about the, your sort of innate humility, uh, to, to the point of naivety. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, the reason <laughs> that these people love you is not just because you draw a really cool comic, and you do draw a really cool comic, and I'll recommend to anybody, even people that haven't read, uh, you know, haven't played Dungeons & Dragons and stuff like that, to go to goblinscomic.com and read it front to back like I did. I think it's the best use of 24 hours that I've ever had. <laughs> But, you know, at the same time, your listeners said, yes, we want you to have this house. And they immediately begin dumping money in. I put some money in because I wanted, uh, you know, I want that to happen because you connect with your listeners on a, excuse me, <laughs> listeners, readers, uh, viewers, all of that. You've got a live stream channel. You've got the web comic. You, you do a blog. You're completely accessible to them. If somebody wants to look at your live stream, they can. They can go there. They can listen to you talk. You ramble on, you know, about uh, the the singularity and us having robot bodies in the future. How uh, Star Wars is. Um, <laughs> what was what was the General Grievous you were talking about today? And and how what was what was the idea there? Oh, which one? General I, Grievous. Ranting grieve all, all the time. Oh, He's, general. Oh, general. General Grievous. At Star Wars, oh yeah, that was like a god. That was like a forty-five minute rant about the the loopholes in Star Wars. <laughs> so um, you you run a radio but, show yeah, too, this, you know? So he does have listeners. He, he does everything, and and that's incredible. Is, by the way, twenty thousand dollars in three days. Yeah, the bam. <laughs> it's a, it's amazing. And I I I wouldn't. And the, well, the thing was originally um, when like the the the, the house was going to go on the market much faster than we thought, and mm. we weren't prepared for it, and. You know, I blogged about the fact that I think we're going to have to move again, and with and the the fans went, "Well, that sucks." Like, Go ahead and do a donation drive, and I said, "I'm not doing it for that much." And then I started getting angry emails from people saying, "No, you do this." Do Wait this a minute, who, ca- who came up with the number? Who who came up with the thirty thousand? Well, the thirty. I mean, I've been talking to a, a mortgage broker, um, and and we were talking about the the price of the house and, and details. And he said, you know, the minimum before you can even start looking into this is you need thirty thousand dollars. And the thing was, uh, the thing I haven't mentioned yet is uh, we got served with papers, uh, court papers, last week or two weeks ago now, um, where they're they're foreclosing on the house, like they're foreclosing on the owner. Which sped things up, which actually started this whole thing. We were finding out we're going to have, like, the bank is taking the house from the owner. We're going to have to get out fast, you know, or come up with a, this crazy amount of money. Um, so that's where this, this this whole thing came from. And like, the response has been overwhelmingly positive. And uh, like, the, the thing is, a lot of people have said you've made like over twenty thousand dollars in three days, and then they, they've been calculating the, you know, this is how much it is per hour, and. And like you're making an obscene amount of money, but the thing is that you know I have to remember, and and, and the people don't even have to remember, is that before I made a penny off this comic, I did it for free for three years. Yeah, that was going to um, be my question. It so, took us four or five years on Free Talk Live to really start to uh, to make a, even a profit on this show because we do the same sort of model where we give away all of our archives and we give away everything on the website, etc. Tell me something. We're short on time, Terrell. Uh, at goblinscomic.com, I'm there now. Obviously, I'm being presented with the most the most recent comic, and it is funny. Uh, but uh, where do where does one go to contribute to this? It's not immediately obvious to me just looking at the uh, the site. Right. Uh, if you go onto the site, then just below the comic, there's a blog post which explains the situation. It explains the uh, the donation drive. It, it explains the, like how, how it works and, and where to donate. There's a link there. Or up top at the top of the page, uh, there's a in the menu bar. There's a link called Temps Eleven, and that's named after the character in the donation comic named Temps Eight, which is a whole other story. 
of explanation. But uh, so those are the two points places you can you can click on okay um, i clicked donate, to, i clicked yeah. uh temps 11 and then there's a donate link there right there at the top left is that correct yeah that's right it's okay. right yep. above the uh the little black and white comic there uh, th- are you going to color in this uh this new uh t- temps fate 11 that you've got here or is this just a teaser no i yeah i'm, I'm gonna color that in and uh you know we wanted to because of the foreclosure we had to move fast so uh. i basically just did a black and white got that up as fast as i could um, and at this point, you know, it'll it'll be colored, it'll be improved upon. And the 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 basic idea of the comic, uh, the Tempest comic, is uh, the more money we get, the more the character in the comic kicks butt. So obviously, yep. he's going to be kicking a lot of butt. He does a lot of a lot of puzzle out. solving too, um, and I think that's very interesting. People can guess what the puzzles are and stuff like that. What kind of rating would you put on your uh, on your comic? I mean, would parents would parents let eight year olds read this? I mean, you've got you've got uh, cute round boobies, but they're usually covered. Um, you know, there's some. <laughs> Cartoon, bright red cartoon blood, but it's not since the characters are so sort of fantastic. It doesn't really, it doesn't strike me as gruesome. Yeah, well, the idea. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the rating system. I, I think it's a little too generalized. But that's a whole other ball of wax. Um, uh, to give you an idea, so you can decide for yourself. If you're a parent with kids. Is uh, there's no swearing, there's no nudity, there's no actual sexual content. There's uh, juvenile kind of jokes, um, but uh, you know nothing really dirty. Uh, there are there is blood. Um, so for for uh, sure, then teenagers. It, it sounds like to me yeah, would, would really definitely enjoy it. teenagers. It's, hey, yeah. Terrell, we're I mean, we're out of time for this hour. I really appreciate you spending your time with thank us you. tonight. Thanks. No problem. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Terrell awesome. from GoblinsComic.com. More free talk live coming up. Hour number two is next. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the second hour of the program. Plenty of time for you to share your thoughts on whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can also join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features there for free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. You actually get to create the content of our website, should you like. You can go and you can vote on the submissions that others have made. You could make your own if you'd like. So you find something online you think's interesting. You submit it to freetalklive.com as show prep, and then it pops up on the site, and then you can vote and others can vote, and the most voted up make it to the front page and the top of the website over at freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. I, I can't believe... How late to the party we are on this uh, this topic. The Minnesota state government has shut down and has been shut down now for over a week. I think it's coming up on two weeks, as a matter of fact. There are some really nasty repercussions that are happening as a result of that. Not because government being gone is a terrible thing, uh, but because people are obedient and scared. And I'll explain what I mean about that here in a little bit. But just to give you the news, uh, in case maybe you've already heard about this, but uh, CBSNews.com. I remember I came across something about it the other night, 
and I just figured it was going to be one of the, it was like only into it like three days at that point. I just figured oh, I'll probably be over because most of these things, they're done in like a day or two and they, they reinitiate whatever it is they need to with the budget yeah. and they make it uh, happen again. But this one is about ready to set a record here. According to CBS News, it's not the kind of statistic commemorated on a blast, uh, brass plaque at baseball's Cooperstown or certified by the exacting taskmasters from Guinness, but Minnesota appears to have set a modern-day record for deadlocked state government with its 11-day shutdown of all but essential services. In fact, with budget negotiations stalled in St. Paul, Minnesota will soon surpass the epic 15-day federal standoff between Bill Clinton and Newt Gingrich in 1995 and 96. When the history of the 21st century breakdown and faith in government is written, Minnesota will deserve its own chapter. In theory, right? You know, this to me, kind of. I, I would, I would like to see the government, if it's going to operate, operate at the level it operates when they have these shutdowns. Frankly, I mean, if it's going to provide essential services, what the hell is it doing otherwise? Not essential services. If it's in non-essential services, why is it providing them? In theory, nothing could be more politically self-destructive than for elected public officials to stubbornly allow Minnesota's 66 state parks, not to mention the Capitol building, to remain padlocked through two successive summer weekends. Oh, let's keep the the Capitol building padlocked. Especially since (laughs) the dispute between the Democratic governor and the Republican legislature has been whittled down to a difference of about $1.4 billion, or $264 for each of the Minnesota's 5.3 million residents. But irrational has become commonplace in America in 2011, and then they go on to blather about uh, these people. It's the usual situation where uh, the political parties can't agree on some budgetary thing, so we're shutting it down! Well... There are some consequences that are coming out of this one because normally, again, it's like you know two or three days. These guys are back. It's over. It's not a big deal. But now it's been 11 days, and that's proving to be problematic for apparently hundreds of bars. According to StarTribune.com, hundreds of bars, restaurants, and stores across Minnesota are running out of beer and alcohol, and others may soon run out of cigarettes, a subtle and largely unforeseen consequence of a state government shutdown. Now, this isn't because people need the government around to sell alcohol and cigarettes. It's because of a regulatory setup. It's because of the the issues that are surrounding the obedience of the American people and uh, American business owners and all of the hoops that they are told they have to jump through in order to sell things to willing consumers. In the days leading up to the shutdown, thousands of outlets scrambled to renew their state-issued liquor purchasing cards and many of them didn't make it now with no end in sight to the shutdown they face a summer of fast dwindling alcohol supplies and a bottom line that looks increasingly bleak the executive director of the minnesota licensed beverage association which represents thousands of liquor retailers in the state's state says it's going to cripple our industry the ugly mug a popular bar near target field doesn't have enough beer to get through the baseball season Their owner says our inventories are diminishing rapidly over the next month. He said uh, he was among a cluster of bar and restaurant owners who appealed Tuesday to a court-appointed special master to be allowed to continue buying alcohol during the shutdown. So they beg, they are begging. Their master. Master, that's what they're calling him, Mm -hmm. to uh, please, please let us continue doing business. We just want to satisfy our customers, please. Let us buy some alcohol so we can sell it back to the consumers that want it. Because otherwise, they're going to lose their business to the people who happen to have a license that expires later. Right? So these are the businesses whose licenses expired last week. 
basically, that they would have had to re-up. Mm. And they can't re-up because that government bureaucracy is shut down. So what's the problem? That government bureaucracy can't enforce the fact that they don't have a license, so mm-hmm. go ahead and sell. Well, maybe they can, maybe they can't. That's a good question. Maybe the, maybe the enforcers are, are deemed the essential services, Mark. Maybe it's just the bureaucrats that process the licenses. Why in the world would enforcers try to shut down people that uh, can't get licenses when... Really? You don't think that they would do that? Oh, I think they would. Okay, then. Because that's what they do. Anyway, back to uh, the story here. He says that uh, when the twins are back on Thursday and people can't get Budweiser and can't get whatever, they're going to go somewhere else. Come Labor Day, cigarette smokers will be in the same bind. The state has stopped issuing the tax stamps that distributors must glue to the bottom of every pack before it's sold for retail. When Ross Amundsen, the owner of M. Amundsen's Cigar and Candy Company in Bloomington, saw the shutdown coming, he shelled out more than $2 million to buy tax stamps that he hopes will last until mid-August. But with no legislative agreement in sight, he's worried about what comes next. He says, we've been in business for 70 years. My family started it, and all of a sudden this whole, this whole thing is going to screw us over? What happens to these retailers that we cover? Tom Bryant, executive director of the Minnesota Wholesale Marketers Association, said that in September is when we would expect to see a shortage of cigarettes to begin. Of those roughly uh, 10,000 establishments that sell liquor in Minnesota, most of those who needed to renew their buyer purchasing cards managed to do so before the July 1st shutdown started. About 300 were caught with cards that expired on June 30th and no way to renew the permits. That number will grow to 425 by the end of the month, according to state officials, and grow as more cards expire at random intervals. Department of Public Safety, Jim Art, the director of alcohol and gambling enforcement, said it's definitely going to get worse. There will be more and more businesses affected. Not like he's saying, well, we're going to go we're going to go easy on you here, guys. Hey, just a heads up. We're going to we care about you because, you know, you are the businesses that we are supposed to be providing a service to. Of course, it's not really a service. It's a threat. They're <laughs> constantly operating under the threat of violence by these people. And this is what his job is. He's the, he's the alcohol enforcement officer. He's not saying, hey, don't worry about the deadlines. We'll go ahead and waive this for you. This is our problem. We're the state government. We screwed it up. So we're going to go ahead and do what most customer service-oriented organizations are all about, and that is serve our customers. No, no, no. They're not interested in serving you. They're interested in extracting your obedience from you and your wealth from you and punishing you if you don't do everything they say. These people are trying to do everything they've been told to do. They're trying to fill out the damn form. They're trying to get their renewal. They're trying to get their tax stamps. They're trying to jump through the hoops. Yeah. And the, the state and government, pay the money. Mm-hmm. Right. The state government people are basically saying to them, yeah, well, you know, we're not going to do our jobs here. So uh, too bad. Guess you get to go out of business. Oh, you've been in business for 70 years? Well, we've been in business for hundreds of years. We're the state. And, you know, if you are in uh, Minnesota right now, I would love to hear from you at 800-259-9231 as to your viewpoint on what's going on up there. How are things without the uh, state government around providing its services? What are things like? Are there madmen running through the streets killing people? Are there all kinds of terrible things happening? This is the only terrible thing I've heard of thus far, and this is because of the state's failure, because of the state being not there to, uh, to provide this. According to Trevor Berg, the owner of Haas's All-American Liquor in Walker, Minnesota, he said his card expires this weekend. He's planning to stockpile as much as he can before then, hoping it'll last till mid-August or until the budget stalemate ends. 
Berg said that this is going to be a treadmill. Or this is going to treadmill across the whole state. The longer they hold out, it's going to hit every bar and restaurant that needs a liquor license. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can bring up what you want. Do you think any of these business owners will actually have the courage to say, yeah, I'm just going to keep doing my business? I think some will. I hope so. 800-259-9231. If you're in Minnesota, would love to have your perspective. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. The Ruger LC9. Compact, powerful, and perfect for personal protection. The LC9 is only slightly larger than the popular Ruger LCP. Features a checkered grip frame to provide a secure and comfortable grip and includes a finger grip extension floor plate. The LC9 also has a dovetailed high-visibility three-dot sight system, blued alloy steel barrel, manual safety, and loaded chamber indicator. The LC9, another innovative American-made product from Ruger. Learn more about the Ruger LC9 at ruger.com LC9. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features on the site there completely free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com, and those features include the bulletin board system. You can go and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners. bbs.freetalklive.com. We'll get you there. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. I listen to a lot of radio. I do it during the day when I'm uh, making telephone calls. I'm listening for uh, you know different advertisers and things like that. But I, I listen to some podcasts for fun, for me. And here's a podcast that I enjoy, and I think you'll enjoy it too. It's called Verbal Surgery, and you can get it at verbalsurgery.com. The, uh, the, 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 the protagonist there, Tim Cummins, has a way of getting inside your head and sort of giving you that positive feeling, making you feel great. I listen to his podcast because it makes me feel good. It really does kind of get into you, probably in a subliminal way, and... Uh, you know, raise your spirits. Uh, I love my listeners. I want you to listen to this podcast, verbalsurgery.com. You'll be happy that you did. It's verbalsurgery.com. All right. The toll-free number again, 800-259-9231. Minnesota's government shut down all except for the so-called essential services. It's going on, I think, 11 days uh, that has been shut down at this point. And according to StarTribune.com, there really is uh, there's a real problem, and that is at least for the folks in the, the uh, bar and restaurant uh, business, the cigar-selling business, the cigarette-selling business, these people are – well, they're so dependent on the existence of the state. They're so afraid to do business without the state's permission that I doubt any of them. And you said you think there might be a few, Mark. I hope you're right. But I doubt any of them are going to take the risk and just continue doing business. See, what's happened is they're people, you know, they've got these liquor licenses and uh, cigarette tax stamps and such, these bureaucratic hurdles that they have to jump through in order to avoid having men with guns show up at their business and put them in a cage. So they've been jumping through these hoops dutifully for year after year after year. And then those folks that have had their permits come up for renewal this past week when the government has been shut down basically have – they're screwed because they can't – they can't buy more alcohol essentially. There's a liquor purchasing uh, permit essentially, and if that's not current, 
but then who, they can't buy more alcohol to settle their well, customers. Can't is a funny word. They may not, maybe. Um, they're not legally allowed to. Or right, odds are like good that. the wholesaler won't sell it to them, I'd you imagine. You think the wholesaler knows when their permit's up? That's a good question, Mark. I mean, I you know, know, whenever I, I, I – sometimes I see these stamps that are in stores and stuff like that, the tobacco licenses to sell and stuff like that. But I would say largely people don't pay attention. So you're only mm. really looking for that person who's going around, that, that bureaucrat that's going around trying to shut people down. Now, admittedly, they have a list of people – they will know who's uh, trying to sell right now because they could go around and drive, drive to these places and find out who's open. They could just make telephone calls, find out who's open. Mm-hmm. And uh, pop in and see if they're selling cigarettes or booze or whatever and uh, give them all kinds of trouble at that point. But I'll tell you, I don't know what the uh, fine is for selling without one of these licenses, but it may be worth it. You can't – oh, as far as if you – if it's just a fine, yeah, maybe yeah. it's – maybe they, it is now, just Maybe they'll, 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 they'll not give them another uh, you know, certificate in the future, but it seems like in this circumstance it's so uh, extreme that – I, you know, I well, think I might take the, my chances. And, you know, the funny thing is this whole um, situation is being publicized and you'll have a lot of people say, see, we need the government. Otherwise, all these these uh, bars are going to go out of business. No, we don't need them. You, you have to stop asking permission from them. Obviously, a lot of these laws and rules are onerous, especially in, in the current, current circumstances, even if even if you believe that they should all have a permit. Like Ian was saying earlier, I, I believe that they should be saying, we'll take care of it after we resume operations. That would be the compassionate thing to do. Sure. But uh, government people aren't known for their compassion. Nope. So, they follow the book. Uh, there's a little bit more to the story Sometimes here. Sometimes they make the book up. You know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Many times they do. Uh, 800-259-9231. But this brings me to a point that I've made in the past, and I think it deserves to be remade here. And that is that there are certain circumstances that will come about. This is one of them. But there are others where a business owner will be put into, backed into a corner, essentially. Like they've been trying to do things by the book, and now the book is gone. <laughs> Government people aren't there. Uh, so how are you supposed to do things by the book if no one's there to Take your permit from you or take your money from you and issue a permit. And they still have rent to pay and employees right. to pay. And, and, they probably and, have a five-year lease or something like that that, uh, that they're into. They sure. expected they were going to be in business until whenever. And now they face extinction. So I've always suggested that, well, if you're a business owner and you're in this kind of a similar position where the government basically has you uh, strung up, there's not much you can do as far as by the system is concerned, once you've run out to the end of your rope, once you have uh, run out of ideas, you've run out of possible solutions, why not go ahead and just do it? I mean, if you're about to lose your business, then what do you really have to lose at that point? Because usually the, the, the excuse from a business owner is, well, I don't want to lose my business. You know, They don't want to go into business in the very beginning without getting a permit because they're worried that the men with guns are going to show up and they're going to threaten them and they're going to scare them, possibly arrest them or Quite whatever. Quite reasonably. Yeah, absolutely reasonable to believe that. That happens. Those men with guns are out there and they will threaten you. But if it comes down to the end of the line and you have nothing left... You're about to go out of business. You look at the books and you look at your numbers and you say, okay, well, we can't get this permit tomorrow to continue operating as we have operated. Then we're not going to be able to pay the bills at the end of the month. We're not going to be able to meet payroll. We're not going to be able to send our employees home with checks. Then at that point, what do you have to lose? Why not just go ahead, buy the alcohol, get the cigarettes from out of state, do whatever it is you have to do, bring your products through the door so you can satisfy your customers and hopefully stay in business? At that point, you've got nothing to lose. Indeed.
So I hope that some of these businesses see it that way. Mm-hmm. Because right now they just sound like a pathetic bunch of sad people. Oh, God, we can't get our permits. And so without our permits, we just can't do business. Because Master won't, isn't around right. to tell us we can. I mean, okay, even if you want to follow the law, you set aside the money that you've got to pay them in taxes, whatever it might be. But it's ridiculous to, to shut down or, or uh, lose your business because uh, the master's not around. Bryant uh, said, this is one of their, I guess, business associations folks, that the commerce in cigarettes would end, essentially, if the impasse continues. Uh, the impact on retailers, he said, could be devastating. On top of those businesses with expired buyer's cards, another 116 can't buy new liquor because they owe delinquent taxes, and they can't be removed from the tax delinquency list until after the shutdown. The state would also stand to lose millions of dollars in taxes that come through alcohol and cigarette sales. Yeah, if you don't, if the state bureaucracy that collects the taxes isn't in operation, then are you obligated to continue collecting taxes for them? And these uh, folks will just hold it for them and hold later. on to it. Yeah, and, and you know, bars most of their money is made on alcohol sales. I mean, they make a little from food and peanuts and entertainment, maybe a little bit, but Not most, of it, most many, of it is alcohol yeah. sales. A lot of bars will put out free food just to get you to come in and drink some beer. Yeah. Senator John Howe uh, is concerned enough that on Tuesday he even advocated for uh, the governor using his executive powers to allow alcohol sales to continue. Oh, we could just have this one man with his special powers, and he could just allow these things to happen. Well, I think that I think that one man should do that just to you know take the. I mean, this is awful for these it's, people. This is just a horrible. Give them permission. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The SACL CAI toll free line. Meanwhile, budget negotiations are at a standstill as of yesterday. Uh, more coming up here with your thoughts. Uh, welcome eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries knives, ammunition, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, fish finders, and boating equipment from manufacturers like Aimpoint, Bushnell, Otterbox, Crimson Trace, K-Bar, Remington, Streamlight, Winchester, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. Family owned and members of the Better Business Bureau. Prices so low, some can't be advertised. Get an additional 5% off with coupon code FTL. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. Talk live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll free and take control of these airwaves here. 800 259 9231, the SACL CAI toll free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. Once again, 800 259 9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free. So enjoy those, including our mobile site. Maybe you've got a smartphone, you'd like to access our live streams. You can do it quick by going to m.freetalklive.com. M is in mobile.freetalklive.com. Have you ever been the victim of an injustice and then decided to do nothing about it because attorneys are just too expensive? Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules until you know these rules. You're just fighting in the dark. It works for plaintiffs or defendants in civil or criminal matters in state or federal courts. As a matter of fact, it works in courts around the world in like India, Australia, England, any place that has the common law, uh, you know, the sort of English common law system. And uh, it, it's four CD courses, so easy the average eighth grader can learn it in a weekend. Costs less than an hour with any good attorney. 
So you can visit Jurisdictionary.com and use their free tools that they have there for you. Free legal flow chart, the free weekly tips and tactics newsletters. Use the free legal dictionary. Watch the free videos, then buy the course. When you do, remember to use the pull-down menu to check out when and mention Free Talk Live. It's Jurisdictionary.com. All right, so 1-800-259-9231 is the number here. Minnesota's government shut down for 11 days. And I normally would be cheering that on. I think that's great. And I am cheering it on. I think it's good news because people need to learn what it's like to live without the government. And if this is the way they have to do it, then, well, by all means, unfortunately, people aren't ready for this. This is the problem with the idea that you can just shut down the government tomorrow without people coming to uh, the conclusion that they don't need it anymore. If people don't come to that conclusion then they'll be like these poor bastards uh, that own uh, these bars and uh, restaurants are, where they're just scrambling, desperately trying to figure out what to do because they feel like they're not going to be able to stay in business without having their precious liquor permits. Let's go to you and your thoughts at 800-259-9231. Jason is in Grand Rapids, Minnesota, listening to WNMT. Hello, Jason. Hello. Hey there. What's on your mind tonight? How's she going tonight? Oh, it's going well. What's, she is fine. What's <laughs> what's on your mind? Well, you guys are talking about uh, you know the Minnesota shutdown here, and I'm a fishing guide up in the Grand Rapids area, and we've had a lot of out-of-state people come up, and we just tell them screw it, we don't get them. So I know last week I fished with two different groups, couldn't get a fishing license, and we just went out fishing. What are they going to do? Right on. It's a good question. So, are the enforcers, thanks for doing that. Are the enforcers still out there? Oh, there's still some enforcers out here, but, uh, you know, there ain't many game wardens for the area to cover. So I'd say, you know, I'd, tell, I'd say to them bar owners, too, screw them. Go buy your beer and do what you got to do. We don't need that state running us. Do you think the game wardens are getting paid? Oh, of course they are. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, that's that's essentially the attitude I have is, is screw it, do whatever it is you need to do, make sure yeah. your business keeps running. And like Mark said, even if they come around and threaten you with uh, with some sort of a fine or jail time or whatever, shh, at least you won't lose your business. Nope, I ain't, ain't going to lose money because the state wants to spend all our money. So, Would you say that's a common attitude? I mean, amongst the folks that you're dealing with on a regular basis, is that a fairly common attitude, or are there a bunch of people who are freaking out? Uh, you know, we're, we're not, you know, like the metropolitan up here in Grand Rapids area. Everybody's pretty independent. We mm-hmm. just soon, we just soon seen the government not around at all. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's what I like to hear. It's pretty common up here. Yeah, it's pretty common up here. <laughs> That's fantastic. Is there anything else yeah. you want to share uh, about what things are like up there without having the uh, the government uh, around all over the place? Well, that uh, you know, that's the only thing that really affects us. I mean, you know, for the state shutdown. So actually, um, things are better now because the people that want to go fishing can just go fishing, and they don't have to worry about uh, begging some bureaucrat's permission and paying money for it. There you go. That's there awesome. you go. So. I just wanted to share that with you. Thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you, Jason. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. That is good to hear. That is a refreshing uh, attitude. There you go. Yeah. Let's continue with Jay. You didn't have any faith. Jay, listening in Indianapolis to WXNT. Jay, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, good evening, gentlemen. Hi, Jay. What's um, on your mind? Um, you guys have uh, brought up something that, which I think uh, makes a point that I've been trying to make, and that is 
we don't need any new laws. And what's happening in um, Minnesota is ample evidence of that. If a presidential candidate would run on a platform and say, if I'm elected, I will only sign into law what is constitutionally required of me because there are enough laws in the books, federal, state, and local, to abuse us, the people, for the next hundred years. Oh, that's true. Although I would say it's likely that Ron Paul would be that candidate for you. Well, then, hey, go Ron. But, you know, besides liquor and tobacco licenses, what about marriage licenses? What about driving licenses? What about, you know, oh, my gosh, a firearms license in some states that have restrictive uh, firearms laws? I mean, you know, if you think about how many licensures there are in some states, it's almost ridiculous, you know? Oh, yeah. So it's... And, um, Good so point. I, I are there people that are, uh, you know, engaged in Minnesota right now who are planning on having a wedding this week who are now freaking out uh, because, oh, my God, we can't get our state marriage permit. What are we going to do? I have no idea. I mean, I'm here in Indiana, which, by the way, there's a survey or study out every year from George Mason. Indiana is number three, baby, as far as uh, uh, states that are free. We're right behind you guys in South Dakota. You moved up so. the list because you weren't at three in the uh, the 2000 and f- was it 2005, 2007, 2007 list. So congrats. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we moved up uh, several notches in the last two years. Or maybe but- it was just bad for Colorado. <laughs> right, maybe yeah. right, maybe they just got worse. Hey, thanks for the sharing. Anything else on your mind tonight, sure. Joe? Nope, that's thanks. about it. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Minnesota set a record now for the longest government shutdown of, the, of any state government. The federal government's record is 15 days set back in the 1990s. And so uh, by the time that Saturday rolls around here... By the time the weekend's done, uh, Minnesota is going to have set uh, the national record, which I think is pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it, people are – life goes on. What do you know? Without the government around to give you a permit and take your money from you and then tell you what to do, people get by. Everything's okay. But what about the criminals? Well, of course, well, you can point out that the so-called essential services are still operating. The police departments are still there. They're still doing their thing. And, of course, certainly, as Mark, as you pointed out, if all the government did was uh, take care of the roads and the police, uh, then, you know, it wouldn't be the worst of situations. But there were people like us that uh, advocate for liberty in all issues uh, all the time wouldn't have any soapbox to stand on because the government would be so small that uh, people would largely ignore it. The roads would still stink if the government took care of the roads. At least then you'd be able to focus in on the problems that are inherent in a monopoly policing system, not have to worry about all the other problems that government uh, creates. Maybe you'd have a little more success at uh, whipping them into shape to some extent. But all that said, clearly uh, having competition in the area of policing services would be an ideal situation. And if you can do without government in all these er areas, if you can do without the violent monopoly, because that's all government is, it's a group of men and women that are using violence to uh, enforce their way upon unsuspecting, innocent, uh, peaceful human beings, then let's figure out a way Probably to get better from the monopoly. Aggression, uh, you know, because they're, they're, they're initiating force against people that would otherwise, may otherwise not uh, participate in their system. So, yeah, you know, in private uh, security forces or police would essentially be making citizens arrest some people. So to make a citizen's arrest, you darn well better be sure 
that that person is aggressing against somebody else. Because you're fully liable. Because you're for fully liable. Kidnapping exactly. somebody in that case, which is one of those things that it takes a while. It takes a real long time. It took me at least a little a long time to, to wrap my mind That's around scary this. stuff. Yeah, yeah. The idea of leaving the world of the monopoly system with the government monopoly police force and having a, an actual free market and protection services, but it works and it makes sense. 1-800-259-9231. Right now, the police are completely unaccountable. You can't do anything to these guys. I had a cop assault me two weeks ago, and basically they said, yeah, well, you know, oh well. You can't even file any charges. Nothing. Right. 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Free talk live. You know the U.S. dollar is devaluing. You can see it happening every day. You know a new currency will take over at some point. Wouldn't you like to be in on the ground floor? Bitcoins. They're a decentralized, anonymous internet currency. They're free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use them anywhere in the world, and their value seems only to be increasing. Find out more at weusecoins.org. Don't be kicking yourself in the pants in a month. Your dollars are going down. Bitcoins are going up. Weusecoins.org. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. News about Social Security coming up, and it's not good. 1-800-259-9231. But you didn't think it would be, right? 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Get interactive there in various different ways. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you may do so by shopping with us at shop.freetalklive.com. See, there are links to Amazon there, different Amazons, one in Canada, one in the U.S., U.K., Germany. You click into the Amazon that is appropriate for you and then order what you need. It's Amazon. Great prices, huge selection, free super saver shipping on a lot of their brand new items, even used items as well. Uh, You can go to shop.freetalklive.com, get your shopping done, same prices that you're used to, same Amazon you're used to. You're just entering through our portal, so Amazon gives us credit for the purchases that you make. We get basically we get to cut a portion of their profits. So get your shopping done over at shop.freetalklive.com. As we go to you and your thoughts, ladies first. Deborah listening in Hibbing, Minnesota to WNMT. Hello, Deborah. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, the state shutdown, I'm glad you finally brought it up because I've been wondering why more and more people haven't been talking about it. Well, here we are. What do you think? Well, you know, I agree with um, the restaurant, bar, cigarette, tobacco tax thing. You know, that's their livelihood. They have to make a living that way, and the state shutdown is going to affect it because they can't get their their things they need. But, you know, like I just heard on the news, Georgia Pacific and Duluth closed today because they couldn't renew their permit. So, Georgia Pacific, that now they manufacture paper towels and stuff like that, right? I believe so. But I just heard on the news that uh, they were going to be closing. So, you know, lawsuits, things coming out of that, that's loss of business, people getting laid off. And the more government sticks their nose in all of this stuff, the worse it seems to get. Jeez. And I'm just here enjoying my time off. Oh, you work for the government? Yes, I work for the state of Minnesota. What do you do for them? Or did you Uh, do? um, I was with one of the divisions for the DNR. For the what? The Department of Natural Resources. Oh, okay. And what was your job? I'm an administrative assistant. Gotcha. How does it feel to be deemed non-essential? 
Well, I feel I am essential. Um, <laughs> Who I doesn't? Perform Everybody's a job. essential. I perform a job, and I'm happy with my job. And I've worked for the state both at um, the college university system, and I work for the DNR, and I really like my job. And it's unfortunate that, you know, our legislator and our gover- governor can't come to agreement on the budget, and it affects a lot of people. Right, you're not you know? getting paid uh, while no. this is, is that so? Out. Are you not getting paid now, or are you not going to get paid at all for this time off? Well, I'm going to be filing like everyone else that loses their job with unemployment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you make your way. And I've, <laughs> I can live frugal. I, you know, I'm not going to be spending a lot. I'm but just, be to, but just to clarify, I, do. I don't know if that answered the question. The question, I think, is you've been off work for 11 days at this point. Mm-hmm. Let's say the government comes back online uh, at the end of this week. So you've only been out 14 days. Are they going to try to make up the, the the days that you missed? Will you get paid for the days you take? You know, you were forced to not I, work. I'm. I don't know what there. Okay. What what would happen there? I couldn't say. Interesting. I, I'm 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 surprised that there's not uh, discussion going on amongst you know like the unions and such and uh, and things like that. Well, I'm, there has been, but you know I'm you know the powers that be. I imagine they'll let us know, but you know we. We can't check our state email. Everything's shut down. Wow. Um, How long is it going to be for you, uh, Deborah, before you decide to say, I'm not waiting around anymore. I'm going to find something else to do. Um, probably within 30 days. I've already you know, been looking, knowing that this mm-hmm. is going to come. Um, I think a lot of people, when you can prepare a little, um, we just had a discussion here, which is interesting. Um, license tabs on cars. Now, I mean, if your license tabs are expiring in July, August, and September, I mean, it could go a lot that long. Maybe in June, when we first started hearing about it, if you had those license plate tabs going out, maybe you should have thought a little bit ahead and bought them, you know. Um, the fishing license, there was a person telling me a guy drove all the way up from Arizona and didn't know about our state being shut down, which leads me back to the very start of our conversation, you know I'm glad people are starting to talk about this because it is an inconvenience to come all the way from Arizona and then say, oh, I can't get a fishing license. And I think he said, screw it, I'm going to go fishing anyway. Good for him. Well, in that case, it wasn't an inconvenience at all. In no, fact, he was, less know, con- he was less inconvenienced because normally had he gone, gone up there and this uh, bureaucracy had existed, then he would have had to gone through whatever, jump through the hoops of uh, begging permission and then paying the state uh, whatever <laughs> arbitrary fee. Yeah, and then the state probably would look at it as, geez, you broke the law. If you got caught, well, it's more money for us, so pay your fine. So either way, you know, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> They'll get theirs, that's for sure. Hey, yeah. Deborah, uh, thanks for the, the thoughts. Any You guys have any questions for Deborah while we've got her here? No, I think that uh, I think it's uh, great she's got a good attitude about it. Well, and I think it's also interesting, you know, how long. In 30 days, she's out. She's done. If, they, if they're waiting that long, you're going to find something else to do. And like you said, you're already looking. Oh, I yeah, I think that's what a lot of people need to do is start being taking responsibility for their own life and where they're going and you know, um there are a lot of people out there that are out of jobs. It's getting tough. Um government isn't helping us. Um there's you know, businesses aren't being created. We're all struggling, but the bottom line is we keep putting these politicians in office that kind of get us where we are. And one of the things uh, a couple of us have talked about is, you know, Governor Pawlenty is out of the picture. He's running for president. And Michelle Bachman, she's another one. They're both Minnesotans. They, the Governor Pawlenty had, had the reins just before Dayton took over. Why are we in this position? 
why is everything so bad in our state? Because you know, it's, well, look, it's this get... bad everywhere. It's just that you guys, you know, it hit first uh, mm-hmm. for you. And I thank you for the call, Deborah. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Well, the general economy is slowing down, so government revenues are down, but they keep trying to spend the same amount of money they spend or more mm-hmm. than, than when things were good. So now you've got the state of Arizona that sold off their state capital and a lot of their government buildings to private investors. Now they're renting them back. Really? States can't print money, so they have to balance their budgets. And, and then they say, well, we'll just increase taxes. Well, then you're going to uh, basically increase the cost of living of all your citizens who are making less money now. So the only real alternative for these states is they have to tighten their belts. But there's too many people that have their, their uh, mouth on the teat of government to allow that. That's where the real big problem is. You have right. a bunch of people who are crying as if they've had a, a bottle taken away from them. Yeah, I don't know what uh, the other states are doing out there. I, I, I haven't got any clue, but I can tell you New Hampshire cut 12% out of its budget. And that's amazing to me that, uh, that, that liberty, liberty lovers were able to get into the government and be able to make something like that happen. It's huge. Hopefully we'll see more of that uh, coming up here. Do they do the budget on a two-year basis or a one-year? I think it's one year. One year. So maybe they'll cut it again next year if they're, you know, if they're smart. Uh, some of them were wanting to not vote for this because they wanted larger cuts. I wonder, what would it take for this to happen in New Hampshire where, uh, you know, would it be possible for liberty-minded people to just basically say, yeah, we're not going to vote for, for this budget because it doesn't cut enough and then have the government shut down? Everything's different. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would not claim to know that. 1-800-259-9231. And will Minnesota be the first of many? Who's next? And how long will this last? Yeah. Well, you know, the statists and the, and the socialists, they, they kind of, they don't view taxes as a cause of cost of living increase on the citizens, but that's exactly what it is. They have less disposable income. They've got, they've, they're diverting some of their resources that could be spent on something productive, on taxes, that, that uh, really, you know... The, they produce nothing. They produce nothing. The co- and actually, the services are being cut in many states, and the taxes are being uh, raised at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's not isn't accurate to say they produce nothing. There's certainly uh, you know, things that the state provides that a marketplace would, would otherwise want, fire services, police services, things like this. Water. But it's, right. But it's provided in an inefficient fashion. And by a monopoly. By a monopoly. And you never get good customer service, and you never get the best prices from monopolies. How about nothing of real value? I don't know that that's true because it is of real I value. I don't value the police there, services. Well, there are some services that they provide, and, and they can't have value at times. I'm but, not taxed for water. I pay those bills separately. It's still it's still revenue for the government. You and want the state yeah, runs the water. You said department. they produce nothing of value, and therefore you're wrong. Now move on. One, I was inaccurate. Well, it's mostly valueless. How about that? Let's put it this way. It's 99% valueless. It's not oh, nearly crazy. as efficient and accountable as it could be if it were provided by private individuals in competition with one another. Absolutely right. 800-259-9231. Michael's on the line also in Hibbing, listening to WNMT. Hello, Michael. Michael in Minnesota. Yeah, I'm here. Hey there. Go ahead with your thoughts. Yeah, um, I, I don't think that, you know... Uh, that, that people really understand that how the shutdown is affecting me because, see, I, I live in a place called the Purpose Apartments, mm-hmm. and it's for homeless people that, you know, are trying to get them housing, you know. And, mm-hmm. and, and, the thing, and the thing is, you know, I mean, I have so many issues, you know, like I, I, I ha- I'm, I'm disabled, is this a state-run apartment building? It, no, it's, it's, it's run by the county. But, but the thing is, uh, federal dollars come in and state dollars come in to help, you know, uh, 
funds uh, the, the portions that I can't afford. This is one of the problems with relying on... I'm sorry to hear about that, and thanks for the call tonight. Uh, good luck out there. One of the problems with having the state take care of people, <laughs> you can't count on them. Yeah. Hour number three is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Hello, my friends, and welcome to a 32nd edition of Verbal Surgery. I'm your verbal surgeon, Tim A. Cummins, here to radiate your brain for maximum gain. And let me tell you, my friends, get on to the verbalsurgery.com train. Come check it out. Listen to this podcast, and you will feel better right now because you are awesome. Looking forward to seeing you at verbalsurgery.com. Take it easy, baby. Awesome. This is Free Talk Live, launching into the third hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free and bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, Once again, freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. Uh, So, we're going to continue here uh, with your calls in just a moment. Also, news about Social Security coming up as well. And But I wanted to come back real quick to what happened in the last hour. For those of you that were not tuned in, those of you that missed it, uh, Minnesota's government is shut down for the most part. A huge chunk of it, the so-called non-essential service, has been shut down, and it is now on day number 11 or so. It's going on. It's apparently a record-setting shutdown thus far, as far as all the state governments are concerned. And they're just a few days away from striking the national government record, which is 15 days set back in the 1990s. So there's certain fallout as a result of this. And we were talking with some of the people in Minnesota as to, you know, what is this? How is this affecting you? What is life like? And there was a guy that was a fisherman and he was like, yeah, this is great. Screw screw the government. We're just going to fish anyway. The hell with the licenses. Uh, another government worker actually called in to say that uh, she's looking for another job already. She's not going to stick around and wait for forever for these people to come back online. Sure. I mean, she's not getting paid. That's And it's sad. I mean, this is this is affecting people's lives. These The politicians, I'm sure, deem themselves essential. And I'm then sure a, they're getting paid. Uh, and then a guy who would, would have been considered homeless uh, previously, he's calling from a sh- kind of a shelter place, uh, he was calling in to say this is affecting him because the shelter gets money from the state. And as well as the local government, the federal government, etc. But now that the state government shut down, they're not getting any checks from uh, from the state government, and that's putting them in a in a difficult position. And we just didn't have much time to spend on it, so I wanted to make sure we could clarify here. This is the problem with relying on the state for anything. If you're counting on the state or the people calling themselves the state to be more accurate, if you're counting on them to take care of you, well, if you encounter a situation like this. You've been deemed non-essential. Sorry, we can't take care of you anymore. Oh, well, what are you going to do now? You didn't have a plan in place because you figured the state would always be there? Oh, it's the government. They can always just tax people as much as they want. They'll always be around. Except when they're not. Yeah. Well, Or except when they change the what, rules what's on the you. Old, what's the old quotation from Mar- Margaret Thatcher? The problem with socialism is sooner or later you run out of people to uh, steal from or whatever mm, it is. Other like people's that. money. Other people's money. Whatever it is, is um, you know, the fact is that the government runs not just a little inefficiently. It runs 
so inefficiently that uh, its monopoly status doesn't matter. And its sort of nature is to grow, to move into new areas where it otherwise was not participating. And then when it's, once it's in there, people get uh, you know sort of hooked on it to the point that, well, how could we possibly save for retirement without Social Security? Even though the people that built this country into the great nation that it was did. You know? And the other thing is, up to about a year ago, I remember seeing some statistics that a higher percentage of people than ever before in this country work for some form of government. And then you have, uh, the, what, like 45 million people, almost 50 million people now on food stamps? And the problem you have... Oh, in, also, in the, fewer households in the United States than, than there's been in a, a decade or something like that. The number of households is actually decreasing. That means, Meaning people are moving in together? That's yes. exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. People are moving in with mom and dad. People, mm-hmm. are, uh, you know, people are moving in with the kids. People are you know, roommating. All kinds of situations that weren't going on previously... That that runs down proper. Uh, I mean, once the city confiscates a piece of property that's gone, they're to not getting seed, taxes off. They're of not that. getting in taxes off of it, uh, and this is how it all runs. Well, we're at peak government now. You know, they hear about peak oil, peak this. We're really peak government. We're government has, has become so large and unwieldy and inefficient and and completely distorted that it has to collapse because it's it, it's it's consuming more wealth than than anybody could ever create to keep it going. And when it collapses. Don't be one of those people who's counting on it for a check. If you're one of those people, you're going to be screwed. You can't sue them. It's not like it's not like an agreement between regular people where if I make an agreement with you, Mark, and I'm going to pay you $1,000 a week, and then I all of a sudden decide to say, you're not getting your 1000 bucks. You'll be lucky to get 100 out of me. Screw you. If we've got an agreement, you can, you can sue me over that. You can hold me accountable. You can put, put me out into the public. Even if, even if you couldn't sue me, you could still put me out into the public and say, hey, look, this guy's a bad guy. He reneged on his agreement, and you shouldn't do business with him. Like You would have some level of uh, recourse. Be- recourse. But with the government, if the government all of a sudden says, yeah, well, we're not going to give you a social security check, or no, we're not going to give your uh, homeless organization any money, you can't do anything about that they run the court system mm-hmm. <laughs> you, they can't be held accountable so please if right now you are counting on the government for, for something do whatever you can to stop change your retirement plan change your whatever it is you, you need to change yep. to make yeah. sure that you can count on yourself and your community rather than these people calling yeah themselves the more government. The, the more government uh you know reliance you have the, to me that's exposure and you don't want to be exposed yeah. right now not to the government yeah you can deny reality but you cannot deny the consequences of denying reality and that's what a lot of people could get caught up in if they keep relying on government for everything you have to take initiative and you've got to do things we all have to do things on our own we have to take responsibility for our lives you You and Mark, obviously, Ian, have started a business, and you're not as reliant as other people are because you're decentralized. I'm including government workers here, too. We had Deborah call in last hour. She's not going to get a paycheck for this. She, she doesn't even know what she's if these guys start back up again, if she's going to get any money. She can't count on anything, and she thought she was essential. She mm-hmm. figured she was an essential part of the government, and she found out differently. Yep. So, especially well, if you're somebody who's the counting on the government uh, to give you a pension. The government wouldn't be able to find essential if it had a uh, divining rod. I mean, they, 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 they wouldn't be able to ascertain which of their employees, in fact, are essential. Because to them, it's the role that's essential, not the person fulfilling it. When you're at a company, at least to smaller companies, they recognize competence in an employee, and that employee mm. moves up, and that kind of thing. Government, it tends to be the opposite. Let's continue mm. with your calls. Gigan is on the line in New Hampshire on the Amp Lines. Hello, Gigan. Hey, I wanted to talk about uh, last. It was about two shows ago, I believe, uh, how the the consequences for desertion was brought up with the military. 
And uh, I had some, uh, I did some research on what different places have done for deserters. There were 306 British executed during World War One for desertion. Uh, the Nazis executed 15,000. Uh, the Soviets executed 158,000. And the uh, United States executed one that was Private Eddie Slovak. Oh, that, that's the one. That's the movie, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. I just find it very shocking that uh, the military is one of those places where it's expected that you can be killed for not actually having harmed anyone else, just for you know violating a contract or something. Uh, well, thank goodness it's only been one person out. here. I mean, obviously it could be a lot worse, but... Uh, and if you've been drafted, there's no contract. Well, yeah, there's not horrible. even a contract. These guys are draftees. That will, and, and, you know, the idea of killing a draftee for not, uh, you know, being brave enough or whatever it is, is, is truly what conscription is. It is slavery. It's slavery it's to the government. Yes, and Eddie Slovak was, in fact, drafted. And he, even, uh, he didn't desert by leaving. He gave them a note saying that he would not be fighting because he didn't feel cut out for it. And uh, he told them that they told him the consequences of that, that he would be court-martialed, and he didn't expect to be executed, but he happened to be the one who was. Mm. When was uh, this? This is World War II. World War II? Yes, That's horrifying. he was the first uh, American executed for desertion since the Civil War. Wow. Thanks for clearing that up, Gigan. Anything else you want to share tonight? Uh, yeah, I was wondering, uh, have you guys seen the film Paths of Glory? It's a uh, 50s Stanley Kubrick film. I have not. No. Oh, well, it's actually uh, on the subject. It's about, it's based on a true story from France uh, where four people are executed for desertion. And uh, basically they were sent on a suicide mission by their superiors. And uh, after the mission fails, the generals decide rather than looking bad themselves, they would blame the troops for not being able to have uh, followed out the mission. So they ended up having them draw straws, and the ones who drew the short straw end up getting executed. Insane. And, uh, I mean, this is the, this is the value that these people have for life, um, you know. And it's 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 just it's sickening to to see, but that's exactly what they believe is that you are the the pawns for them. And I think that the Eddie Kubrick story is kind of interesting. If that's his name, I you know I'm, I'm you know I, I know Stanley Kubrick was the director. Okay, what, what's the what's the uh, the deserter, the U.S. deserter in World War II what was his name? Eddie Slovak. Eddie Slovak. Uh, it's interesting, this, uh, this fella's uh, story, because it might be not because he deserted, but because he told them no. He stuck around after he said no, and this to them could seem like a slap in the face. Remember, hmm. the highest crime to somebody in authority is disobedience. To disobey their authority. Hey, uh, great call, uh, Gigan. Appreciate hearing from you tonight at 800 259 9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. Still plenty of time for you and your thoughts. 800-259-9231. More about the Social Security or details on that coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. Big news possibly coming about Social Security. 
We'll tell you more about that coming up. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And we give you the features there for free. So enjoy those on us. Listening options included. You can get tuned in via our webcam, which is available to you at cam.freetalklive.com. That's one way to consume the program. There's also different uh, audio listening choices over at listen.freetalklive.com. The cam is, uh, of course, free, like everything on our site. You can uh, watch and listen and chat because the chat room is built into the same page. All of it's there at cam.freetalklive.com. FreeTalkLive.com. If you're tired of watching the val- value of the dollar plummet and you're tired of char- banks charging you fees and you want to take back control of your own money, take a look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the world's first decentralized anonymous internet currency. It's gaining popularity every day. It's free to use, free to accept, and free from inflation forever. You can use Bitcoins anywhere in the world, across the internet. Their value seems to be trending upward with time. Learn more. Visit WeUseCoins.org. It's WeUseCoins.org. Let's continue with Captain Ned listening in Florida. Captain Ned, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Wayne, and Mark. Hey, gentlemen. How you doing? Hey, Ned. What's on your mind? Uh, hey, I was just going to talk about Minnesota, but uh, Dagan, who just called about Eddie Slovak, it made me remember that call you guys had, uh, I think it was Saturday, from that young guy who told you you were uh, anti-military. Yes. You know, he was a little confused. Yep. I'd just like to remind him there's more deaths in Iraq and Afghanistan from our troops from suicide than are lost in combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe those guys are telling them, uh, telling you all something. No, that, not only that, but think about, point. think about the other side of that, because it's easy to count the statistics of people who've killed themselves. But what about all the other people who are just, you know, they're so despondent to to where it's really horrible for them, but they're not willing to kill themselves. Like, how many of them are just, they just hate their life? How many of them have PTSD? How many of them are, like, completely ruined mentally because of these Mm -hmm. experiences? Exactly. I mean, those guys are getting maimed over there. We're just going to pull out anyway, just like like what happened in North Vietnam. North Vietnam's going to overrun the South. They're going to do the same thing in Afghanistan. They're going to do the same thing in Iraq. But the difference is Iran is going to come in and seize those oil fields. That's what uh, Chairman Obama's got set up now. Well, he's not pulling you them know? out. I think the the news recently was that Obama's keeping at least 10,000 troops there after the end of the, the, end of the year. Yeah, it's not going to go too far, guys. But anyway, uh, Minnesota, that's a great call from the efficient guy who mirrored your thoughts. Just screw him, you know? Absolutely. And, screw uh, the state. Live your <laughs> life. Be free. Exactly. And uh, I'd like to remind everybody up there the statutory laws as well as penal codes in the state, apply only to residents of a state, which are always resident aliens, also known as 14th Amendment federal citizens. A natural-born citizen is a state citizen. Remember, you are always domiciled. You never have a residence if you are a natural-born state citizen. I don't even know what any of that stuff means. It it all sounds like legalese to me. Here's something really interesting about the uh, U.S. Selective Service System. You can go to the post office, get this little three-page, it's like three folding postcards. The last one, you you fill out and send it in. It's very interesting. Who must register? With few exceptions, all male U.S. citizens. Those are resident aliens, okay? Those are federal citizens. It's got 21 groups of categories who must register, like number two, uh, Military-related members of the armed forces on active duty, no, they don't have to register. You go down to 17, undocumented, illegal aliens, yes, must register. So that, guy, <laughs> that young guy who called, that's who they want in their federal army. It's very interesting when you actually read these laws because they do spell it out. All, so I, I, what you maintain is, in 1948, the Army of the United States became federalized. It turned into the United States Army. Prior to that, all drafting was done on a state quota level, had to be approved by a governor, okay? 
Now, the only people they can draft are their federal U.S. citizens who are resident aliens. You know, oh, that won't stop left. them. I mean, if you well, were to, I'll tell you what, if you got drafted tomorrow, Ned, and you said, "Well, I'm not a U.S. <laughs> I'm a state citizen," they would say, Psh, "Whatever." Well, but they wouldn't care. Well, it's it's right out there for everybody to take a look but at. But the people and, running uh, the draft boards don't care, and the men that have the uh, the guns that will come and put you in a you know in a cage, they don't care either. Look, well, man, the Constitution's pretty damn saying. clear. The Constitution is written pretty clear here in New Hampshire about the freedom of the press, but I talked to yep. some men with guns yesterday who said they'll do whatever a man in a robe says over what the Constitution well, says. That, yeah, that was very interesting. I, I'm glad you guys are hammering this. One more quick thing. This is very interesting, and it shows you who, uh, when peace officers, when the police actually become a peace officer, you guys have all gone to a big gun show, I take it. I have. I've actually yeah. worked at them. Okay, this is very interesting to those who haven't. When you walk in that door, especially one that's got a lot of, you know, you're seeing the, the, the unregulated militia there. Those are the citizens of several states, state citizens. Okay, absolute right to have bare arms. What you're seeing, when, when you watch the police, it's very interesting because they are turned into peace officers. You don't hear one saying, like he said to that girl on the front lawn with the camera, I'm threatened doing my job with you looking at me. He's got a two thousand guys who are armed looking at him. He's being a peace officer. It's, it's certainly true. The police will will change their behavior based upon who's around. Well, it's it's and, very interesting to watch those guys because the older cops are laid back. They know they're the safest they could ever be is right there. But the young guys, they're all edgy because hey, I'm the only one who's supposed to have a gun. It's very interesting to sit back and watch. Would those that have cats, something Ned? to do with steroids, maybe too? Oh, yeah, what? <laughs> Thank, <laughs> thanks, Ned. Said? Thanks for the call. I appreciate hearing from you at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. By the way, another thing too about history is, which I found interesting, was when I read and, and I and I seem to recall this from the past is that right around after after World War Two, the Department of War became the Department of Defense. I thought it was before World War II that that happened. But anyway, yeah, one somewhere point around it was the there. Department of War, and, and then it became the Department of Defense. But the Department of Defense does no defending. Defending would be done inside the country. Well, you think so. I, I, I mean, some can argue for defending yourself by keeping your perimeters wide. But come on, what they do now is not defense. By the way, uh, as I was saying, the police uh, behave differently depending on who's around and how the people around them behave. So, for instance, if you uh, have a video camera and you have people that uh, have mul- multiple people around that have multiple video cameras, the police will behave differently than if they're around a group of people that don't have cameras and aren't willing to stand up for their rights. Uh, so, for instance, if you look at the video that is posted today over at freekeen.com, also at cdevolution.org uh, by Meg, we mentioned this. I mentioned it last night. I hadn't seen it last night. I watched it today. It was it's great stuff where she's uh, she and uh, Eddie Free and some other folks in D.C. are being stopped at these checkpoints. Oh, no, no, no. They're access points, is what the bureaucrats called them. They're being stopped at these uh, checkpoints all around D.C. and having their bags checked and having IDs checked, all for the purposes of, you know, well, it's war on terror. We're going to do whatever we want to. So uh, they, of course, Meg and Eddie Free and the rest of those guys weren't going to show any ID, and they didn't appreciate what was going on, and they stood their ground, and when they were asked to stop recording, they didn't stop recording, which was great. And even when, even when literally outnumbered, 
by these cops. There are plenty of cops around. Even bring in the SWAT team in this incredibly intimidating armored vehicle, like the most black, evil-looking armored truck you've ever seen, rolls up on the set. A guy gets out with a machine gun in his hands and a bunch of zip ties in his back pocket, and they're just they're ramping up as much intimidation as they can, and these activists do not back down. There's maybe three or four activists there with video cameras. They don't back down for a moment. They don't leave the area. They keep asking questions, and eventually after like 20 minutes or 30 minutes of waiting around while this bureaucrat makes a phone call in her car, the bureaucrat then ends up coming out and says, all right, you can go through. (laughs) And they never showed ID. 1-800-259-9231. But most of the people are just shuffling through like good little sheep. And as long as people are behaving like sheep, the numbers don't matter. We're coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You know that cigarettes will kill you. You've been thinking about giving the e-cigarette a try? There is a healthier option. 22,000 times healthier. Well, listen to this offer from Vaporsmiths.com. A pack-a-day smoker will save $120 a month. So you already start being richer, feeling healthier, and smelling better. What more could you want? How about a free starter kit? Just purchase 40 cartomizers with coupon code FTL. Free shipping on orders of $60 or more. 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they're listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see that. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. You know, uh, if, if you're a cigarette smoker, I was too for, for many years. I smoked cigars. I smoked cigarettes. I inhaled those cigars. And you know that it's affecting your health. I mean, you can feel it uh, in your lungs. You can feel how you're not able to you know, breathe as deeply and as heavily as you'd like to. And there's a healthier option. You don't, I mean, you don't have to quit nicotine in order to quit cigarettes. You can do, try the e-cigarette thing. They're 22,000 times healthier. Vaporsmiths.com offers a uh, you know offers you a, a solution. A pack a day smoker will save $120 a month. That's just off the top in costs. And it tastes a lot better. There's no more ashtray mouth, no smell, no secondhand smoke. You can use it just about anywhere. There's free shipping on orders over $60. That's another savings for you. A free starter kit with the purchase of 40 cartomizers with a coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, so there's another savings for you. You get your starter kit for free as long as you buy these uh, 40 cartomizers. That's the little things that contain the nicotine. You can call 855-2-GET-VAPOR or go to Vaporsmiths.com. It's 855-2-GET-VAPOR, Vaporsmiths.com. Get off those coffin nails, everybody. Yeah, not good for you. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. We go to Dennis in New Hampshire. Dennis, you're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Lines. Greetings, gentlemen. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I wanted to talk about a little conversation I got to have today with the chief of police in my little town. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
I don't, I don't know if I told you guys about this, but I got elected to be one of these selectmen in my town yes. uh, this past May. Congrats. And one of the things that entails is the board of selectmen hires and fires the various town departments and mm-hmm. um, does the budgeting process with the various town departments. So I kind of had, I guess, a little bit of a libertarian dream event today that I got to go meet with the chief of police and talk about, okay, let's talk about what we can do to help cut down your budget. All right. And so it was a fascinating conversation. Um, and to hear things from the cop's point of view is really eye-opening. And, it, and it's something that we don't often, I think, most people you know, never get a chance to do. So what did you learn today? Um, well, one of the things I learned is, you know, a, a concern I had, and I thought that would be an easy one, was to talk about the inevitable speed trap at the end of the, at the, end of the highway, just after you come off the junction there, how come I always see a cop with a speed gun, right? I didn't put in quite those terms, but basically like, hey, do, does someone really need to be doing that? And is that revenue generation? Mm-hmm. And the chief pointed me to a binder that is thick with uh, letters from people who live on the street just up from that exit and who have a pretty understandable you know, concern that cars come barreling down off the highway and you know, they're, they're really concerned about the cars screaming by their house, and, uh, you know, what do you want to do about that? So it led to a whole bunch of great discussion, um, you know, about really what's the, you know, and really where, where the rubber hits the road, you know, if if the economy takes a really bad turn south and if the tax base of the town goes really far down and if the budget really goes cut to the quick, um you know, what are the things that the police are going to focus on? And, you know, where where's that going to work out? Um, but just the dynamic, you know, just, just the, I guess, the theater of it, being able to, to talk to the chief of police about, you know, how are we going to cut your budget? I mean, how often do you get to do that for a position where you can actually do something about it? You certainly don't get to do it very often. It's got to be a, kind of a fun thing to do. But, um, you know, I guess if, if the police, if, the, if, if in fact it's too dangerous to go, say, you know, 40 miles an hour, I don't know, maybe it's a 35 mile an hour speed limit or whatever it is there, um, you know, then I think that they should have some at the very least the first step it's probably cheaper to get some machine that'll spit out a ticket uh for people and then you you know all the time that you're going to get a ticket for going too fast for their through there rather than sort of doing it on and off with a cop where it's just kind of like oh well maybe a cop will be there maybe they won't i think that's a superior system if in fact it's too dangerous but what's superior to me is uh, parents teaching their kids to look both ways before they cross the damn street isn't that what this is really about is parents oh my kids are in danger because people are speeding. Well, maybe your kids can be more responsible. That's de- definitely helpful. But sometimes kids play ball and they they don't they don't think. They know the ball goes out in the road. Right. They're not thinking. How do I teach my three year old to do that? I mean, he right. has gone down the driveway before on accident when you I, lost track. Yeah. Absolutely, but yeah. this does happen. And mm-hmm. you know, these are the you know, I do think that speed limit there. There's a too fast for safe speed out there, and whatever that is, I think that the best way to find that isn't by putting some cop uh, out there sort of randomly to catch people and give them tickets. So you are advocating. Speed Speed cameras? I would say that a uh, for one, if speed cameras are run by separate companies that have a profit, I think there's a problem with that. And I haven't seen anything about speed cameras making things unsafe. I know some people don't like them, but uh, you know, if if in fact, if really, really, it's too dangerous to go 
a certain speed, and I think there is some speed that is too uh, too dangerous, that you know there has to be some kind of system for handling that. And well, let's just see a few kids die so that we can uh, you know go faster. I don't think that that's a good system. Well, put, putting one of those radar readings there where people can see how fast they're going and they see a police car, just that alone makes people slow down. It does, often. It often Without does. giving any tickets, just seeing that and knowing cops are around helps a lot, a great deal. But I can tell you that in my town where I go through, it's a 35-mile-an-hour speed zone. And it's 35 miles an hour whether it's raining or clear, whether it's bright and sunny or whether it's the middle of the night or whatever it is. And the suggestion that I need to go 35 miles an hour through my town. This, By the way, I am one of those parents right there. I drive through this thing daily. The idea that 35 miles an hour, it's just too slow. And it's too slow because nobody has, uh, the people that put the signs up, they don't have to be enforced by it. You know, they, they don't have to worry about it. So, Dennis, were, were any conclusions reached here during your meeting? Well, the biggest conclusion for me is that it's got to suck being a department head in the public sector. You know, I'm, I'm used to the private sector. I'm used to a boss who tells me as a manager, look, this is your budget, and you do whatever you need to do to retain your top talent, your key people. You know, you, you figure out how to do that. And in the, in, in the public sector, they have to go through this insane, horrible, hellish process with a vote and the town meeting and all of these laws about what you can and you can't do. He can't just scrape together a couple of hundred bucks and give a bonus to someone and say, hey, you did a really good job this quarter, you know, keep it up. They can't, they can't easily do that. And it really blows my mind the, the difficulty just in retaining, just doing good management in government is virtually impossible. Well, what's your solution to it, Dennis? Well, you know, my solution to it, I'm an anarchist. Well, you know, in the area of roads, if there was competition, um, and and by the way, I think we're going to have computer-guided cars before we have competition, really, in roads. Only if the government allows for it, and right now they're not being too friendly toward Google on that. It's it's happening in a few different places, and, you know, I I, I suspect the government doesn't want that because there's there's so much for ticket revenue. Right, yeah, if everybody's uh, run by the computer, then we don't get to make any money anymore, right? Who cares if you show up at your your trip three minutes early because you've Because it's not about safety, it's about revenue generation. I think in a lot of cases it is. So, Dennis, did you uh, manage to convince a police officer to or the, this police chief to stop enforcing the war on drugs? You know, see, you got to have a realistic expectation. At this initial meeting, all I wanted to do was make sure that he understands me, I understand him. And what I was really pleased is that he at least understands that you know, he, he sees the writing on the wall with respect to the economy. He, he doesn't believe that all of a sudden we're going to turn the corner and the economy is going to be great. And he gets that there is a role. Um, you know, we would probably disagree about whether it should be a public role or a private role about a need to maintain, you know, to help people keep their property safe in an environment, keep their persons safe in an environment where a lot of people are hungry and jobless. Mm-hmm. I think that's a serious concern. And it's something that I'm glad that my local police department is thinking about now. I think it's great news that there's somebody who considers reality. himself uh, an anarchist that has been elected in, as selectman. It really shows you uh, the level of success that we've had thus far here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. More coming up. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Maybe enough time for your thoughts. If you make a call now, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark. And join us on our website, freetalklive.com. The features are free. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, do that by going to promote.freetalklive.com. You can get details on how to get a Free Talk Live bumper sticker. Just got a fresh order of them in from the folks over at Liberty Stickers. Liberty and, Stickers! That's right. Mm. And so those are ready to go for you. Uh, plus, you can get details on how to promote the show, like get flyers you can print out and post and pass around. Uh, you can also get web banners and graphics that you can use for whatever reason you want to. It's all there for you, and it's all free at promote.freetalklive.com. We continue with your calls. Mike is listening in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, to WGMD-FM. Hello, Mike. Hey, Wayne and Mark. How you guys doing? We're good. What about Ian? Uh, great, man, great. <laughs> What's on your uh, mind? Well, well, you you guys said I almost chickened out because I was getting nervous with you guys taking you know a little while to get there. But I appreciate Please. that I did wait. Um, you know that guy that was talking before about. Listen, I just came back from Texas two weeks ago. I drove from Delaware to Texas, up to Colorado, flew down to Texas, and came back. And uh, state trooper, sheriff pulled me over. I mean, he had the cowboy hat on oh, in my. Texas. Mm. He had on the the mirror sunglasses, the whole nine yards. I'm a little bit of an older guy, 56, and uh, he, he he pulled up. I was doing, I think, 84 and a 70, mm-hmm. and he, he was pretty cool. He came up and said, what's going on? And I said, you know, I just uh, kind of drifted over the speed limit a little bit. And you know what? That's the first time in my whole life that I have been given a warning for speeding and not a ticket. Wow. So, about that? What it is a that good feeling. Now, it probably didn't hurt that I was wearing a New York uh, uh Fire department T-shirt on in big red, white, and blue. So and it probably helps that you're a white uh, man in his mid fifties rather than say a young Latino, uh, you know, With long hair. Yeah, that's probably true too. Yeah, you guys brought right on it. But anyway, I wanted to talk to you about the uh, the federal deficit and this you know crisis crunch that we're in and everything. Sure. I just had this thought that maybe you could you know help me out with it. I was thinking, you know, everything now is. The United States of America used to stand on her own two feet, and we've given out, we've doled out paychecks to everybody in the entire world that I can think of. We've given out global welfare checks, is what I refer to it as, and we have never had any attachments to it. We we have helped people. We have given uh, uh, tractors and farm equipment to countries that didn't have the equipment to farm with, and what they did with it was we we sent over you know, $500 million worth of uh, equipment to go ahead and farm with, and they would get a flat tire or run them out of oil or, or drive the engines with no water in it and just destroy everything. And they still wound up having to take, uh, you know, a dole out from the taxpayers of the United States of America to help them try to keep, you know, their, their poverty in check a little bit. What I'm thinking about is, you know, if everything is global this, global that, you know, the whole global economy hinges on whether America is too big to fail or not. Yeah. Well, why don't we, So, since the U.N. is so uh, hell-bent on treaties for every single thing, why don't we have a global uh, treaty with everybody that we've ever given money to or, or that we should have for the last 235 years that says, guess what? If we get to a point where you're actually on your own two feet, you can pay us back, you pay us back. How can they, what? though? You know as well as I do that all these uh, ten, 
tin pot, tin pot dictators out there have taken that money and they've dumped it into palaces or put it in foreign bank accounts. I mean, their people didn't get that stuff. If they did get that exactly. stuff, they, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's no way that they can pay back because that, that's just essentially like saddling a uh, poor person with a debt. There's no good reason that's for how, it. That's how they control other countries is by bribing the leaders yeah. with it's, foreign aid. The suggestion that they don't put, uh, you know, caveats on that money is, I'd say, inaccurate. There's a great deal of caveats that are often put on uh, aid. You don't think Pakistan has caveats on it? No, you're absolutely right. I agree with you 100%. Um, I'm just saying that if we're all global, global this, why don't we just declare global chapter 11 mm-hmm. and let the United Nations take that to every everybody and let them know how they feel. But to get the banking industry under control, which is totally out of control with the stimulus and the bailouts we've just witnessed in the last two and a half years, why don't everybody, 150 million Americans at least that own homes, just say, guess what? None of us are going to pay our mortgage payments until everybody else gets their act together. Now, that'll speak a whole lot more than everybody staying out for a week of not going to work and taxes not being paid. Well, I'd rather see them, uh, you know, if it's... I, rather than putting their houses on the line in that way, I'd rather them uh, put their houses on the line by just refusing to pay property taxes entirely. Um, you know, I mean, just tell the government. The government's what's screwing this up. Banks are just organizations that are operating within the system that's created for them. Uh, certainly, they attempt to manipulate the system. There's no doubt about it. But I, well, I think our, the bigger enemy is uh, the bureaucrats rather than the bankers. And internationally, by the way, I didn't give any money to uh, these countries. So it's not we. It was the the U.S. federal government that did it. And like anything. Well, yeah, you, pay, you do pay it in gas taxes and even in... in but I didn't cut them the check, Wayne. I right. did not give those uh, people that money, and I don't care whether it gets paid back or not. I'd rather see the uh, federal government disappear and not worry about any of that anymore in the future. Same thing with Social Security. I Yeah, I paid in like $10,000 before I finally you know wised up and stopped paying Social Security. I don't expect to see a dime of that ever again, and I'd be happy. I'd be happy if the government just dried up and disappeared tomorrow and I never saw that $10,000 again. It would be the best $10,000 I'd ever spent. So yeah, thanks. I agree with you, and I'll tell you what. Something interesting was happening in Texas when I was there three weeks ago, and that was that they're actually doing away with the income tax altogether and going to something like a 13% flat rate. What do you think of that? Is that, is that really happening? I'll tell you, they are hammering hard on it. Now, the Texans that I spoke to, uh, mostly in conservative Bible Belt area, Texarkana, Arkansas area, like that, they were basically saying uh, Perry, Perry, who has been, uh, I guess the GOP has been kind of looking, sniffing at his door a little bit, going like, you know, Perry might have something going. Well, Perry was actually pretty much a liberal, uh, more more to the left than than anything else. He was well, Al, he was Al, he yeah, he was Al Gore's in, campaign manager. When when he actually got in, he was actually now Texas is the only state that has not had decreases. In, uh, in employment for ten and a half years, but the people well, that I'm know. talking to down there are saying true. that he Look, did not. Uh, I don't care about the politicians; it doesn't matter to me. But the the issue that you brought up uh, as far as them having a getting rid of an income tax. 
I'll let you know what I think about it if it actually transpires, because I don't believe something like that would happen. And I thank you for the call tonight. I, it seems to me that the government people have a big interest in continuing as many taxes as they possibly can. But boy, if that happened, that'd be good news for Texas. Well, also, the numbers are a little skewed because what's happened in Texas is that there's a lot more people working for the government now than 10 years ago. So that's sopped up some of the unemployment figures. So in other words, there's less people working uh, for the private sector, more people working for the Mm -hmm. government in Texas. Let's continue with Dave listening in Huntsville. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live listening to WBHP. Uh, Hi. Hi, Andy Mark. How you doing? Dave, what's on your mind tonight? Oh, man. uh, I plan on moving to New Hampshire soon, you know, and I I just can't can't, can't wait no longer, man. I've seen the the local uh, uh, gang members out down the street from my house, you know, sitting there just waiting to pull people over and harass them a little bit. So I, I figured I'd go get me a sign to say tyranny ahead and stand <laughs> out here for a little bit, you know. And so you're out there right now. You're calling us while you have your tyranny ahead sign uh, on the side of the road? Yes, I'm, I'm sure you can hear the cars coming yep. past. So it seems that some of them are slowing down, and, you know, I got a couple honks so far. But yeah, I want to let you guys know that... Uh, please I, please I, don't I, tell I, me I, you're I alone. Uh, hold on. Please don't tell me you're alone, Dave. I have Quick with me, and that's about it. Oh uh, well, it's better than nothing. Well, how are you going to get somebody to go with you? You no. know, I mean, that's that's why I, I, I don't here. know. I was I was actually going to say that if there's any other people uh, in Huntsville, I hear a lot of people from Huntsville calling. You know, and I sort of like to organize around here. I was thinking about creating a Facebook group, maybe something Huntsville activist or something like that. That, that might be a good you way know, to go, go about it. Now we could all get together. So you've got a quick uh, you've got a quick dot com channel. That's qik dot com. Highly recommend that for anybody with a smartphone. It allows you to broadcast pretty much instantly to the internet. Presuming you've got a uh, you know got a Wi Fi or a three G connection, it will broadcast right. out. Where can people go to watch right, your right. Uh, your quick channel? Uh, it's quick dot com slash david d a v i d s h o t t s. S-H-O-T-T-S, David Schatz. Correct. So correct. I, I will keep my fingers crossed for you, David, and hope that you don't end yeah. up getting into some I, sort of legal trouble before you move to New Hampshire, because that sucks, because it keeps you down there. Hey, if, if he moves, I'm getting on my bike, and I live about five houses down. I'm, I'm home. All right, man. Good <laughs> you luck. Can't get to me. I got one more question <laughs> yes, for sir. you real quick, quick guys. Quick. I, know there, I know in New Hampshire there's no sales tax and uh, state sales tax and income tax or whatever. Uh, I'm wondering, say I bought an item at the store for $10, how much is the federal income tax in New, in New Hampshire? Federal income tax? Do you mean federal sales tax or what? Sales tax, yes. Yeah, there is tax. no how such thing. How much do you pay at yeah. the register? If you, go, yeah, if, you go, if you buy a Coca-Cola for 99 cents at, a, at the register, they will give you a penny back when you hand them a buck. Oh, that's great, man. That's great. Yeah, it's a nice feeling, like you too. Do, when, you, when you first do it, the first few times, it's like, wow, what? What just happened? <laughs> and when you buy a car, there's no sales tax. Is that true? I thought there was a, uh, some sort of a car tax. No, well, there's, there's property tax in your town. Okay. Uh, say, hey, thanks, man. We'll be back tomorrow night. We'll talk about Social Security, then what's going on with it. More coming up uh, tomorrow, then. See you then. FreeTalkLive.com. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.